welcome to episode uh, 58 of the Randy and Harris podcast. I'm Chris and I will be the host for this evening. And I'm going to welcome you to our Night Lords Legion special. And with me, as almost always, is uh, <laughs> my co-host, Freddy. How are you yeah. tonight? I am pretty good. Stressed out as fuck. It's crunch time before Adepticon. Fucking hell, I hate you, JP. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and with us tonight, we will also have two other special guests, and I'm going to start with uh, Christopher. Introduce yourself. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Uh, my wife actually said there must be very few people who play this game in Sweden, since you've had me on not once, but twice. But again, thanks. I'm basically here to just talk about Night Lords, uh, one of the best legions ever. Yeah. <laughs> one of. One of. <laughs> One of one of, no, one of the eighteen best best legions ever, <laughs> not counting shattered legions or night black shields or <laughs> knights errands or <laughs> miss black shields. <laughs> and uh, we also have with us uh, Dominic, who's on another podcast, which I'm gonna get get him to explain himself actually. Because All right, hello. Uh, yeah, hello. Um, I'm Dominic. I'm from the Road to Terror podcast. Um, I'm the southern one, um, so I don't sound northern like Phil and Max, if you guys have heard that. Um, yeah, and I am I am like uh, other Chris, because we have two Chris's on, don't we? So um, I am massively into Night Lords, because they are awesome. Just absolutely awesome Legion. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, you guys are going to try to sell why they're so fucking awesome later on. But uh, anyway, welcome, guys. Thanks. So, Hello. Thanks for having us. So I know last episode we heard uh, why Chris is addicted to uh, 30K. What about you, Dom? What's your background? Um, right. So, yeah, I've, I've been I've been into Games Workshop for a majority of my life since uh, well, since got into it around 13. Uh, first time I walked into a Games Workshop, got really, you know, just got drawn into the models and the world. Um, and it was the fluff. I just loved the backstory and the history of the Space Marine Legions in particular. And as I, as I got older and I, I read more and more of the books and the background, I, I was particularly drawn to the Horus Heresy and the Primarchs. It just, it's just a, a really exciting time interesting time and uh well when it inevitably became well when they released the horus heresy book series i was, I was on that um like a tramp on chips and uh <laughs> then that's uh and then for, then when the game came out it was just it was just wow it was like it was like it was destined to be it was the thing i'd waited for my whole life and i've not looked back since uh it's just the only gaming system i really play absolutely adore it and uh you're currently single yes um, yeah, I, I, I had to make a decision, um, and it's like, do I really need women, <laughs> and, um, and it, or do they really need me? So, um, so you're in some way taking yourself out of the gene pool, then? Say again, sorry. You you have in some way taking yourself out of the gene pool, then? Well, you know, it's... because you're currently not breeding. Well, is it is it a bad thing? Is it not a better? Is it not better for society this way? <laughs> so, I'm going to leave that to society to decide. Uh, yeah. I'd argue that will make actually Dom the most intelligent guest you've got on this cast <laughs> right now. Well, I'm, I'm not bred bred either, so. Also, I'm also the loneliest guest you've ever So, do you mean oh. you're sitting in your flail, the baby skin bedroom, and you know, kind of <laughs> draw the Big fucking Rambo 
knife across your chin and think about, oh, I'm really lonely. <laughs> While you're hand, hand puppeting, puppeting the last child you stole from fucking kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's, it's, like, it's like you've got a camera in here. Um, we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's live. You, if you pay us about $20 or something, you can get access. Just right, put it out there. <laughs> I we probably have to pay pay them $20. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, you can get ready for a lot of refunds because uh, it's not going to go well. Um, it's usually pointed at the wall doing nothing. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you see it shuffling feet and stuff. That's, that's, that's better than the actual footage. True. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't really anyway. know. I've got a, since this is our usual intro, we're going to do a bit of a an update on uh, hobby stuff and games and whatever. And I'm going to start with Dom, actually. What is your okay. current hobby progress? Or what do you have uh, on your painting table? Or what are you doing? I've um, I recently just, I actually, uh, tying in with the Night Lords, I've actually been painting up some Night Lords for uh, a couple of games I've had coming up. I've, I've just, um, I've got a game that's coming up, which uh, we'll have as a video, um, we uh, Rototerra has a, a video, uh, YouTube channel where we have video battle reports, so that's going to be up. It's uh, my Night Lords versus the Raven Guard. I've um, so I'm painting up some additional units to go up against that. Primarily, I've been working on a Primus Medicare and just improving some of my additional squads. But I had a lot of fun building him. I use the what are they called? The Warp Talons? Yeah, the Raptors. The, yeah, the, the Warp Raptors. Talons is his yeah. kit, I think. Yeah, so I've, I've used uh, the chain glaive set from them, and I've been um, just uh, sorry the chainsaws they have there to convert as chain glaives, and I've been just converting a few bits and pieces. But Max from Road to Terror also gave me a few of his models, and he did some really cool conversions of them committing war crimes and just various throats being slit and stabbed by right. the guys on the on the thing. So I'm 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 approaching those and having fun painting them. Um, I'm also uh, when I'm not being a night lord, I'm being a I'm being a uh, a dark angel. So I've been painting a few veteran squads and just uh, adding a few additional units to them as well. Having a good time. It's a good uh, dichotomy I have going there with uh, the two enemies, basically in the heresy. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been quite pleased uh, when when the Framus Crusade sort of started happening in the narrative. I was like, this is great. It's, I can play myself. You know, I can have both armies set up <laughs> back and forth. Yeah, said, with said, a new lack of women uh, playing with yourself uh, would be very useful. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Says the single man, you know. <laughs> Strangely satisfying. Just put him in a sock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but that's uh, um, that's uh, quite a good uh, update. I've seen some of those photos and uh, they look really, really cool, actually. Thank you. Yeah, they're, they're, my lords are a lot of fun to to work with. I mean, um, if you guys have seen photos of some of my arm, um, some of my arms, all of my all of my guys have got severed heads on chains and bits and pieces. I use the the undead sets from um, from fantasy and just any helms I might have laying around and stuff, uh, just to because they they you know they they like their trophies and it's yeah. it, it's it, as, as a modeling opportunity um it's a lot of fun i've got all my uh, vindicators on their dozer blades they're caked in people's corpses and stuff and it's it's quite fun especially if you play regular opponents you can hang a few imperial fists on there or whatever whatever legion they play and you know kind of stick it to them yeah. dom well, do you have an instagram i could see this at um, it's on, on the Rototerra, um, Rototerra has an Instagram account. I'll post up a few more, uh, just for your benefit, but also, um, 
Yes. And you've, got me, you've got me on Facebook as well. If you have a look on my Facebook, I have a Night Lords gallery, um, but I'll send you a link for it, mate. That's, that's, I'll do it to you now. Cool. It, yes. it, it, it's instead of the one that you have of your child. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cheaper and more time efficient. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and when he locks it into the basement, he doesn't get yelled at, which I get for some reason. Uh, that's true. Understandably, though. <laughs> It's all about how you dominate them. Uh, but I was thinking, like, uh, later on when we go properly into the legions, uh, both of you have to tell us about, like, how you go about with painting and shit. Uh, oh, gladly. Because yeah, they, they got light, some really good uh, modern modeling opportunities in the rules, which uh, we've already touched a bit, bit on. But let's talk a bit more uh, about that later in the second yeah. proper. And, and talking about Instagram and shit, don't we have that? Didn't we forget that? Like, we we have an Instagram. We we'll sort that later. That's right, uh, cool. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's gonna be in there. I'm just uh, yeah. It's still there like last time. It's still there. The Facebook page is still there. If anyone is wondering, <laughs> the email address is still the same. No one ever emails us unless they want something like money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife has to stop emailing us. Yeah. And she also emails that she wants more time with you and uh, that you should sell your armies. <laughs> so, Christopher. Well, actually, updates. after playing Freddy this weekend, we had a really fun game of Son Mortalis. The first one well, I played. Was, it, it, was, it was fun for you, at least. Yeah. It really was. See, he, he invites <laughs> anyone to play with him, except me. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was really oh. fun uh, because Freddy made a good case for telling me how terror marines work great in Sol Mortalis. It turns out that the preferred enemy renting flamer is really useful. <laughs> uh, after what a that, surprise. <laughs> yeah, and after that, I started looking at doing like, like a Lincoln list. So I have, I've reorganized my bits box and found eight of each heavy weapon. And I, now I just need to decide on which squad I'm going to build up and add to my bunker that I'm painting. And beyond that, well, and also I have to make my bunker a bit more Night Lordy. So I'm going to do like Dom said, we'll get back to it later, but just grizzly trophies, sacks of skin, tortured enemies nailed to crosses, stuff like that, ordinary stuff. So you're going to do the classic Chaos Upgrades brew, basically, with spikes. That's the, yeah. yeah, that's exactly But I want to get rid of everything heretic, just like no godly symbols. But they don't have but, yeah. the symbols, the upgrades brews for the rhino and the... Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, spy- yeah, they got spikes with uh, skulls and stuff. stuff. Yeah, and I'm using those to like represent uh, either. I haven't decided yet. I'm gonna make like either tank traps or the one just called razor wire and put them on like biker bases in front of the bunker. Because with the new bu- book, you can just easily organize all your fortifications and add-ons. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've also painted 22 word bearer infantry and two rhinos uh, base count. Coded because me and Joachim Moritz, who I met uh, earlier this year, we have sort of an informal fight on the word bearer for the K list, and he's beating the <laughs> crap out of me. I really have to catch up. At least you're not living close enough so you can actually have a proper fist fight. I'd lose that. Yeah. Have you met him? Have you seen his beard? He lives yeah. in the rugged north, dude. He probably punches a beer on his way to the post. <laughs> Didn't we have a beer with him after the first day of Scandus, Tom? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, is he? Uh, is he um, plays world uh, world eaters. No, 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 Iron Warriors. Iron Warriors. Oh, Iron Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah. He was great. Um, but yeah, he would kill you, Chris. He would kill you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you met me. I'm like a spoiled, soft city dweller. And it would just make everything go away. Yeah, I'm like a snarky courtier. If we were like in a public setting, I'd be like, yes, I'm sure that is quite acceptable when one has not to choose from and I guffaw into my beer and afterwards I go to the toilet, I disappear. To be fair, uh, one so of the best photos of you, Chris, is uh, you <laughs> with a with a, a puppy nose and ears and paws. Yeah, it's the latest fashion in the capital. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's what I've been doing. And now Freddy's going to blow me away with all his progress. Yeah. Well, Let's go I'm to Freddy. <laughs> And then you can talk uh, more about the game, perhaps. Oh, I have painted fuckloads of militia, and we have played a game, and I only have 20 militia left and a navigator. Oh, and two Lamoroses and an Arvis. But I've already done like all the base coding for that, so only thing are detailing and, and then weathering. So there's more uh, of a reward for painting the militia infantry, then? Uh, oh, to God, I don't know. Yeah, but the, the sad part is, the sad part is, I have cut down on many of the techniques that I normally do. So, and but I'm painting them so I can go back and improve improve on them later. So I have to leave them at certain stages. So, mm-hmm. so they're not as good as I would love. I would love to have like a another week to go over them with like a little bit more detail and a little bit more weathering, like chipping and certain effects and. Uh, add on some colors here and there, like uh, details, like the lenses. I, I, I'm not going to have time to do the whole um, uh, eye lens things because I'm doing Steel Legion, and they all have fucking goggles. They're great so, models. Yeah, I know oh, they're yeah. awesome models. But but the thing is, like, like I, I have to cut down on certain um, certain things. So I'm cutting down on things that I can go back and revisit later on when I have proper time. Yeah, so you're I'm cutting down like on the, yeah, so, basically doing a tabletop ready. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, no eye lenses, but I'm I'm doing like the base colors so I can go in there, like with the little fucking highlighting and dots and shit. And so it doesn't and, look like you're playing 40k. You mean? <laughs> well, then they would be already done, like after the first day when I sprayed them all and uh, appreciated them all. Spray them? Uh, bare, bare uh, air, plastic. I mean, air, airbrush them. <laughs> bare plastic is uh, the height of fashion. <laughs> It, it's the new grey. I've heard. Right, <laughs> uh, but but anyway, so yeah, so I, I'm I'm trying to find like that. Like I did um, my 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 recent batch that I used to kind of uh, did did the basis on and put on the first uh, coat of the uh, varnish so I can add on transfers on certain models and stuff. And after that, I'm just gonna add on transfers and match varnish them. And then I know that after that, I'm gonna go through. Once I get back from Adepticon, I'm going to go through uh, the minor little details like, um, you know, lenses and small bits and pieces here and there. And then you just go through another layer of um, uh, weathering. The one thing I find truly offensive with that statement, and it's not to detract from Freddy's tremendous investment in time and skill, is that when he says that, I know it's going to get done. I, meanwhile, have promised to redo, like, five of my rhinos for, like, two and a half years, and it will never get done. Quickly here, don't we? Do you want Alpha Legion rhinos? Yep. Mm. Sure. How many, how many legions do you... Well, how many armies do you have, Chris? Or was that a bad question? Which I have Chris? to sleep. I have to sleep. Uh, so, uh, Chris okay. number two. Chris number two. Yeah. It, it's like this. <clears throat> I did win one night army. Oh, so yeah, that but that, that, that one you should get a... 
free pass for. Okay, good. Uh, I did make a lighthouse <laughs> for my Mechanicum. <laughs> and I have Alpha Legion around five or 6,000 points maybe since I built an Alpharius. And I have Mechanicum's 2,000 points. And now my Night Lord is easily at 4,500. It really escalated. Wow. And... <laughs> With my word bearers, I'm around with all the Galvorbuck and the Spartan. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be like 3,000. And I have started another third secret project that I spoke to Freddie about. Yeah, but you um, just, uh, it's basically secret if you tell us right now what it is. Yeah, and I did tell the people on the Age of Darkness podcast if they did hear my incoherent rambling and like that five-minute message, you know, <laughs> ten-minute message I sent. I really <laughs> yeah. want to do Loyalist Empress Children. Yeah. There, there are successor chapters for Loyalist and Children, so it should be doable. Well, apparently they're fucking Primaris as well. But yeah, I thought ready. But that's they're... because uh, all of the Primaris have... There's uh, <laughs> all, all of the Trade Allegiance have Primaris equivalents technically in the fluff. Yeah, it's because apparently there's an Imperial-based successor chapter that's called the Sons of the Phoenix, who have one like purple arm and a pauldron. And, and fight they're like, not uh, perfection. Yeah, and the fight like Emperor's children. <laughs> yeah, it's, it says they are known for their perfection in battle. Yeah. And it even says they have somehow managed to accrue a large country of humans and followers who are now documenting their success to the wider Imperium. Yeah, that's going to end really well. So to answer your your question, Tom, uh, I okay. guess seven armies. Wow. So we, we should really fill out that Excel spreadsheet about heresy armies in Stockholm, if we yeah. can be bothered. <laughs> Yeah. But even, I haven't even, even I filled out, filled out that one. Yeah. But not with all of my armies, just the finished ones. <laughs> so to make a shameless plug, if you're ever in Stockholm, because I told Chris number one this, if you're ever in Stockholm and you want to play a game and you want to come by SLG and Gamlaston, shameless plug, uh, just tell me. If you give me some advance warning, like a week or something, I'll try and set up a babysitter and I can probably bring you an army. <laughs> yeah, we, should, uh, we should do that sometime soon. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So. So too many. So, Freddy, are you? Yeah. You're done then with your product progress. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Militia, <laughs> fucking balls deep in militia. I can All say I have that, to say about that. I'll say that people should uh, look forward to looking uh, to seeing some uh, photos from uh, Adepticon going up on our Facebook page. I think. Yeah. Next week. Or whenever this gets whenever this gets uh, released, it's going to be this one will be might even be released before the last one. We really don't know. This. There's <laughs> there's a reason Jody isn't on tonight, and that might have something to do with his computer not really working. So oh, I thought I was the new British guy. I thought you were just well. You could you could well. That depends. If Jody's computer, Jody don't have a working computer in the future, we might just have to replace him. We told him this before. We tried we tried with Jake, but Jake has. He's pretending to have too much to paint and paint, but he's really falling asleep at about 8 p.m. every night. <laughs> pretending to be paint up his army for Adepticon. And how I think every, everyone is painting their armies for Adepticon. It's like last-minute shit. Yeah. So that leaves me, then. Do I, have an, do, do I have any hobby progress? Well, I'm... Working on converting a Sicaron Venator to a Sicaron Arcus. Ooh. And I've just about started uh, making the missile turret, which will, will probably be made out of uh, two of the missile pods from the Stalker Hunter kit from 40k. The 
Space Marine Rhino anti anti oh, yeah. gun. Because uh, I had two of those. Might as well use them. And uh, the turret of uh, the base of the turret for the Bane Blade kit. So. Okay. But we'll be a rotating turret on it. And uh, yeah. this can be seen on my in- Instagram. Well, I don't think you have taken a photo of the turret yet, have you? No, I started a turret yesterday, so I basically made the bottom of the turret and the turret ring that's going to be on uh, the tank. I made that one. So I can uh, remove the turret if I want to, because I'm also going to make uh, a Punisher turret and an Omega turret, I think, for it. Because why not? When I'm converting an entire rescue Sikaran, because it is a rescue which means why I had to upgrade the armor plates because they were really, really shoddy and they were they were warped and they were well, they weren't really perfectly cast, so to speak. And when I'm putting all this work in, I might as well build the other turrets as well to put it on it. Yeah, why not? That's really cool. While I'm while I'm working on it, the other turrets don't have to be built right away anyway. But it's cool yeah. to have a, have the options. I just want to say I, I've been following this project you're doing and to me it's really an inspiration because I think we all have like one or two tanks that should be salvaged but we leave that at the back of like our collection shelves. Yeah, I got this yeah. one off a trade and I stripped it and it was after it was stripped it basically part of the armor plates they shattered and there were large gaps and they were really really so well Anyone who has a sick car knows where the gate the gates go back go on the back of yeah the, arm, the armor where the yep. casting is, and that was so badly sawn off that I had to file it down and replace the entire armor plate on the back. Whoa! So madness. It, well, you, that's stuff you don't really see until you strip it, and uh, yeah. No. But I could have just painted it, but having a salvage. Might as well do something with it. It's true. It's true. So, it's all about making things better. Yeah. Besides, I have said before that all of my Blood Angels will have some kind of conversion on them, so why not put a major conversion project on a tank that I will probably use quite often? When, when, when you say conversion, what sort of conversions are you going to do with your Blood Angels? Well, some of them are just upgraded, like making them a bit taller and wider. And uh, oh, cool. sorting the weapons, stuff like that. That's the minor that I've done on my Terminators. I made them a bit larger by adding armor plates and uh, putting other co- cables in the back of the armor to replace the ones that were on the kit in the beginning because they didn't really line up after I made them about two millimeters taller in the middle and then uh, adding a small bit to make the feet a little bit thicker. Yeah. Make the, so they are a bit larger and they are more I'm using the Tartarus kit so I made, made them look uh, more uh, straight backed rather than hunched oh so you know, I can send over a photo yeah. later or put, put it up on the Facebook or something we'll see what happens yeah. because uh, Jody and Chris have uh, currently like a sort of painting off going on for Lincoln oh. yeah oh. we're making uh, new Centurion lists or 1500 point list, we're probably not going to follow all of the rules of the event, but we're going to make armies to at least showcase at the event so we can have them there. Cool. 
So it's all about making armies. Yeah. And painting. Yeah. I think that's a really good way you organize these events. Because it's it's a good way to get people to finally pull the trigger on starting that new army. Because it's just only 1,500 points. So you can start off fairly easily. Yeah, and then you have 2,000 points of, of tanks and transports and stuff like that for the next event. Yeah. <laughs> sort of goes hand in hand. <laughs> because then Some you can just like uh, put in all of the rhinos you should have painted for the squads for the first event. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it, Chris. Yeah, almost. Well, that was to other Chris. Yeah, but still. You magnificent <laughs> bastards. <laughs> also, it um, makes for a fun thing because then we can have the hobby challenges that we haven't mentioned in a while. We have the the one for Lincoln, which is destroyers and recon teams and flamers, flamer teams for Solar Exilia and uh, Skillax for Mechanicum. And uh, all of those rules are now in the player's pack that should be updated. Right, and uh, then we have a, a similar challenge or challenge dash reward for the next event, which is the Fields of Megara, which is a tank event, where you get a free whirlwind or a free what is it, two cantars, one cantar, uh, two cantars, two cantars, or you get uh, the because they they're so shit, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you get uh, and you get uh, one of the Mechanicum order Doctor Mechanicum. Artillery tanks, which is basically a whirlwind, but has the options to get a bit better when you upgrade it, but you only get the tank for free. Yeah. Because it equals out in points, that's why. Yeah, because we, I don't know if you heard this, Dom, but we're, we're kind of focusing on uh, the forgotten units of 30k. The, right. the units The units that you've fucking never ever seen on an event. Like destroyers and yeah, like. Uh, have you ever seen a militia recon squad? Like, did you know they existed? <laughs> I heard, I heard, I had fables of them. I heard, I don't know. Because <laughs> why, why would you spend like fifty points on a recon squad for five fucking militia dudes that take up an entire troop slot <laughs> when you play militia? Like, does anyone do that? <laughs> and the, up- the upgrades aren't really that good for them either. So, no. At least not when you have to pay points for them. When they're free, on the other hand. That's more interesting. Well, you even get two of them because they're so fucking cheap. So. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a bit unfair if you get a unit of destroyers or a unit of recon militia. <laughs> that wouldn't really be fair. No. Yeah, but still, I mean, if you take five destroyers and you give them jump packs and a missile launcher and just artificial armor, that's like, what, 50 points? Yeah, basically. And it can do a lot of difference and it can really hurt someone. I know. I noticed that on Saturday. Well, the or, or Sunday. <laughs> well, the, ju- the jump pack upgrade for the destroyers is seventy-five points, no matter how large the unit is. So. Oh, and it's true. Yeah, so my, my so that is one of the units where it actually pays off to take a larger unit for to, to offset the cost of the jump packs. But on the other hand, the individual destroyer is so expensive that it isn't really worth motivating in your army list unless you get part of it for free in this case. Yeah. Well, basically now you get like, what, 150 points for free? Yeah. 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 So there you go. Plus, uh, you can show off uh, your hopefully more or less custom unit at Lincoln because there is always a challenge in it, isn't it? Yeah. And also to tie it in, uh, Dom, like at the end of every event, 
they're going to have like a little hobby cha- like a hobby award where you showcase all your forgotten units and then uh, all the guys that arrived, like got there got to vote on each other and we can give an award for like the coolest forgotten units. That's a really yeah, I love that. I think that's a really nice nice idea. It brings such a variety as well. Not necessarily yeah. good variety, but variety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well, good. You know. that's, I think it's a great idea. You could always do up uh, squads of uh, militia recons from the sniper, the catacan snipers. Yeah, which are basically bare armed, muscled, and covered in leaves. Or like the tannish fucking the first no. Yeah, the first one, like, they used to release, like, they used to have, like, a yeah. lead fucking box. Yeah, they they, st- they are still available at uh, GW Online, so. Oh, there you go. Not not all of them, but I know that uh, they have a, you can buy them. Yeah, well, they're, like, easily converted anyway, because I think you get, like, a sniper in the command set yeah, of the Cadians and shit, so. You can also buy the Vostroyan snipers and... Catacan snipers still. I don't think the Cadian snipers are still available though. Yeah. Well, there are heaps of third party options as well. But you shouldn't really use the Vostroyans because they were technically not active as a military unit in the Heresy. That's true. Are you going to go into the whole fluff then about <laughs> like how, how the Vostroyans actually came to be because they refused to send a unit to fight in the Heresy and yeah, blah blah blah? No, they sent off the <laughs> first. <laughs> But on the other hand, they refuse to fight for either side. So, at least that's some credit to them. They're just waiting out and see what happened, <laughs> then trying to suck up to the winner. <laughs> Ooh, that seems like a really poor strategy. What do you think, Dom? Does anyone need to feel like that? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I have no, I've never really encountered anything like that with regards <laughs> to, the, uh, to the heresy. So, I've, I've got to be honest, um, I don't really have an opinion. We all know that uh, Dark, I, Dark Angels are raiding the supply lines of the traitors. So. Yeah, that's true. They're for, for themselves. Well, at least they say they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're gonna, we're gonna give. If we need these for the for the, for the Imperials, we're keeping those. Yeah. yeah. We really, really shouldn't have given away the Doomsday Cannons to the Iron Warriors, though. Well, you know the. The lion, you know, he thought he was his bestie. He, he really did think Perturabo was his yeah. bestie. So. <laughs> I'm going to try to bribe you with, what was it, like three cannons? Yeah. And he the, also gave him a macaroni picture of the two of them holding hands. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's, what, that's what really stings. And that's Hor- probably why he's so quiet in later heresy. Yeah. My and, macaroni and, picture. And Horus well, had his bag of... Uh, Perturabo just went and spat on it straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Horus gave uh, Perturabo this bag of love hearts. <laughs> that's what won him over yeah with uh, the top one was uh, best guy or something good guy <laughs> and I can imagine later on they like have the lion standing in the wind leaning on his sword his cape majestically being shaken sh- by this, like the setting sun and one of the first captains like truly again our primary blames himself for his favor and he stands there and just thinking Shouldn't have used the macaronis. I should have gone with penne for a folly. Damn you, Lionel. Damn you. You could have avoided all of it. Okay. Ravioli. My God. And they're like, truly, the greatest of the Primarchs. He accepts the blame. You can see, like, Holguin and Corswain and the others go, what do you think he's contemplating? Stuff that we could not possibly comprehend, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you should have taken fucking art lessons from Fulgrim. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's like, oh, lion, you're doing so well, but why why aren't you drawing more, more, you... Fulgrim, all you seem to want me to do is draw penises. Well, yes, they're beautiful. Yeah. Why aren't you yeah. drawing them? And penises with golden wings. Lion. And uh, Fulgrim, full, 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 why are you drawing all those penises with your own feces? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Primarchs aren't even supposed to have feces. We're superior evolved beings. Yeah, how did they defecate? We don't defecate. If you look at it that way, it explains a lot of the inscrutable actions of the lion. Like... Why did he backfist his own chaplain so hard he killed him? He was thinking of macaroni pictures. Why does he nuke a planet that can't be destroyed? Macaroni picture. It's it's either that or he was trying really trying to. You just blew my fucking mind. I just can't. He <laughs> might also have been thinking about uh, you standing there thinking about his favorite diner driving or dive. <gasps> True. And then if someone comes up to him, tries to disturb him, and he just silence and slams. <laughs> Silence, you fool! <laughs> He's thinking of a horse playing saxophone. <laughs> or a horse playing saxophone. <laughs> Fulgrim, truly, I should never have asked you for inspiration. So, I'm going to do like this. I'm going to put a reminder here that the event pack rules post uh, pinned on our Facebook page. It, uh, the event packs have been updated, as we recently mentioned, with the Lincoln stuff. And uh, there's also an update for the armored rules because we have put in we had some feedback and we are changing around some of the army lists that are not space marines to make them more equal to the space marines yeah that is putting actual tank options into troops selections which kind of makes sense yeah. when we think about it in the, in the hindsight but that is why it's good to get feedback exactly and that's why we love you guys <laughs> Not, so, not you, Chris. That's it's Chris okay. Number, Chris number two. That's okay. Me and Don, we get one another. Yeah, we do, man. We're, we're going to break off and start our own super cool, awesome crew. No, the unloved <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm going to be on the road to Terra, and they're like, so what part of Great Britain are you from? And I'm like, um, Sweden. Click. <laughs> you have been blocked. <laughs> oh, at least you should have said Gothenburg, because that's a city with great ties to Britain. Oof. True. Compared to Stockholm, which, <laughs> well, historically, at least, Gothenburg was the favored city in Sweden. There you go. That's why it has Explain. its own name in English. Huh. Yeah, ex- explains why it's so shitty as well. So. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yet another thing that the British Empire carries guilt from, the pleasant yeah. Gothenburgers. Well, guys, well, guys, 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 first off. We don't feel guilt for anything. So that's, that's the problem. <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yes, it fuck is. knows. <laughs> so let's, Any... let's just put it in all of the news that's been since last time we did this thing, you know, record. That's, that's the word. Uh, is uh, that the drill has been pre- previewed on Warm Community, which means that it's soon up for sale at Fort yeah, or you put your terror squads in that, mate. Yeah. Or you put oh, something fun in it and put assault cannons on it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. For now, at least. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens later. But uh, what do you guys think of the termite? I think we have heard Freddy talk about it during our little Ooh. episode. 
but uh, well, Dom, Dom and I was drooling at it together. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we got, we got to actually see it in person and yeah. smell it. Uh, as someone as well. <laughs> Are we still talking about the drills? You don't want yeah. to know. Just uh, keep talking about the drill and we move on from there. <laughs> I just want to say, as someone who never played Epic, uh, I saw it, and just hearing the concept, it's an assault drill, made me think of like the terror drone attack drills from Turtles. Yeah, the ones that they used to use. Yeah. Drone. Yeah, that's yeah. So I thought I would not like it, but man, that's really awesome. I really, well, I- really hope that my terror troops can use it because it's like oh they always attack from the sky prepare the anti-infantry surprise motherfuckers <laughs> you know Ep- epic is uh, pre-turtles right <laughs> no not uh, pre the first turtles I think yeah, but no, that's not, not, not really neither here nor there I can actually tell you because uh, I recently got bequeathed like the Grand Turtle Collection book. Don't ask. And I can honestly tell you. I know that this has been... The concept of a termite has been around longer than Epic, though. At least, I know. But this one is really cool, and I really like that they've designed the weapons to hide behind armor plates. I I just hope they're going to release mole mortars. Like because they have thud guns, they have all that shit. I I wish they're gonna do like the classic uh, rogue trader mole mortar. Yeah, the only similar thing is uh, the one that uh, the Krieg troops have. But that's not really the yeah. same thing. No. Uh, I'm actually uh, there's apparently a scammer in all the Horus Heresy trade groups. Yep. Who's talking about reintroducing Saturnine Terminator armor? And that's the kind of thing I want to see in the Horus Heresy. And I think it's just a matter of time, but that is by far the dopest thing I really want. Also, the Turtles were first published in 1984. Yeah, so it's. It's about the same age yeah. then. Damn it! <laughs> Damn you and your turtle knowledge. I reckon it's been around in sci fi since before that, though. But, yeah, I uh, know. It's really cool. It's really cool. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's really cool, and I, I love it. It's a great model. Yeah, the model looks fucking awesome. What do you reckon, Dom? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, it, it's um, we were chatting with Max, um, chatting with Max about it, and he's he's definitely considering it for Iron Warriors because it's 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 so them and just it's ah, oh, just I, that's what I love about just these mad models. They just every so often they'll just bring out. Just this new thing that could potentially be game changing as well. Just yeah, everything about it, love it. And and I know, like as a, a homage to me, the first one they ever did, they did as Empress Children. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Look at the photos. The one on the fucking Heresy Weekend. We can put, we can say that one of those statements are true at least. <laughs> well, well, luckily it, it was an entire statement that all. We're like interlocking, so you can't split it up. <laughs> mm, right. Everything is homage for me. Yeah. <laughs> Head out to a song and see you back in the main section. This is the key to building your monster. Drunk 
an interesting song wasn't it um, yes. yeah well we're gonna start off with the main topic now and that is night lords and as we usually do we're basically gonna hand this over to our guests and uh, start off with the fluff and background of the night lords 
and we should probably start off at the beginning, with, which with, which is the coming of the night night hunter. Yeah, okay. So cool. just start whenever you want to. All right, do you, do you want to start with that, Chris, or shall I? Uh, I can start. Okay, right. Basically, what we need to remember in the delineation of Conrad Curse is that alone among the Primarchs, he raised himself. No benevolent father figure, no evil antagonist on a mountain that raised him and then went Ari, no one even to just give him a basic purpose. Nighthunter, alone among all the Primarchs, gave himself purpose. So basically, he landed on Nostromo, which is a real shithole. But it, had, it contains a very rich mineral that most people will be familiar, adamantite. So as his capsule crashed through the, fun, the thin crust of adamantite, he was discovered by some miners who promptly abandoned him. He raised himself, and being a superhuman magic baby, infused with dark magic from the emperor's handiwork, he raised himself and he started preying upon those who lived there. Now, it's mentioned in one of the earlier books, and I'm going to make a reference to the Prince of Crows here, I think. Don, yep. correct me if I'm wrong. No, Prince of Crows, yep. Conrad Curse survived by eating dogs and eating people and in persecuting justice because, like all Primarchs, Conrad Curse had super senses and which he could really perceive and understand the hellhole of those around him. Now, Conrad Curse didn't know right from wrong, so he instituted an own brand of justice that he then enforced. It, I'm not going to rehash it detail by detail, but basically in raising himself, he took on all the gangs, and in one of the very first acts he did, he attacked a corrupt minister in the middle of a sermon, and he realized that in slaying the evil people, the people around him were so afraid of what would come when he killed their false leaders, that they were afraid of him as well. So he really adopted it, but if they're going to see me as the devil, it's like the good old quote, if evil is what they see, then evil is what I shall be. Better that I hate the world than that the world hate me. So Conrad Curse set himself out to become the greatest evil in Astramo and enforce rule by fear, which worked. I thought what it actually said was, I'm Batman. <laughs> but, uh, well, actually, that's that's the better version. Yeah, it's pretty much the same, just evil Batman. Yeah, which evil Batman. isn't all bad, well, I've heard. Well, or effective Batman. <laughs> if put some down, yeah, the penguin ain't coming back. I guess most of those no, no, aren't coming come. back. There's no coming back from that place. Yeah. What There's no Arkham Asylum. Yeah. There isn't. And there is no Arkham. Well, the, the, the entire fucking planet is Arkham Asylum. So yeah. Yeah. Something that we like quickly can forget is that in the early days of Nostromo there was not only peace but also a calm, a calm unseen in the history of Nostromo and before the coming of the Emperor, Conrad Curse set him up to not just be like an evil overlord, he was justice incarnate yeah. and this is where it gets a bit strange because most people when we think of western justice is that if say Freddy was to, ki- was to kidnap my wife and then I go to a police <laughs> and say I want, I want justice. And they go there and they bring me Freddy's wife. And I'd say, Why, how is this justice? And they say, well, he killed your but wife. So you can never have him justice back. justice for you, mate. <laughs> for sure. well, no, but it's a definition of justice <laughs> if you go way back to the 1700s because yeah. they can't kill you. That's revenge. So in accordance with the strictest understanding of justice from way back to Magna Carta is that I get from you what you took from me. And that's what Conrad Curse did. He would Man, kill I'm those who did evil. I'm sorry to kidnap your wife. <laughs> Please don't. We'd both get beat up, like horribly. No, but that's the thing. So you don't Conrad want a replacement wife, then? No, 
<laughs> well, that's what justice would bring us. They would restore what had been taken, and that's what Conrad Curse does. He uses whatever means he can to enforce justice, and he doesn't do it because he's good. He knows that he's a twisted monster, and he knows what his purpose is. He doesn't quite understand why he was made, but he can see something that other Primarchs can't. He doesn't see the Emperor as a benevolent father. He doesn't see him as an all-knowing god. He sees himself, and through himself he sees the Emperor's hand in all of the work. He knows what he is, and he knows what needs to be done. Yep. Basically, um, he and his and his understanding of human nature is the, the primarchs. Don't, the other primarchs don't seem to don't seem to see the flaws of humanity as well as he does. He he's kind of like it's, he just understands that humanity isn't going to ever really change. It's always going to keep doing the same things, and the same sort of characteristics are going to be found in every single ver- variation of humanity because they travel the cosmos and they've. All of them are pretty much the same. They all have the same weaknesses, and Kurz fully understands that. Yeah. And the thing is also, it's mentioned later on, and we'll talk about it when we come to like the individual novels, but mm. like Dom says, the other Primarchs struggle in understanding them. Like the most egregious example would be the lion. The lion doesn't understand those around him. And then you have people like Dorn who try to change people around him. And regardless if it's by example, by magic, or whatever, people try to change the way that humans work. Conrad, I would say, and again, maybe I'm just being preferential, he's one of the few people who sees humans exactly for what they are. Yeah. So he uses but, fear. Yeah, but that's also the problem because he basically uses his alter ego to keep people in check with the fear, which is basically the night haunter because it becomes that to instill the fear that he needs to placate the people or to placate the people yeah and that's sort of I don't want to go too deep into it because I can really ramble on and I'm not a great person to listen to I'm not JP or Jake so my voice is not that enchanting but if you look at (laughs) oh Jake (laughs) if you can just imagine me talking with Jake's voice Oh man, I wish. But basically, if you go into Jungian philosophy, they talk about the shadow, which is the same thing with Batman wearing his mask. Mm-hmm. Like, if Batman does a lot of good things wearing the mask, isn't it the mask that does the good things? So, well, Batman, this is, yeah, yeah. So, Batman so, is a symbol, though, isn't yeah. it? That's that's. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, perfect. Yeah, feel free to talk. And that's what Curse does. He realizes that he's going to have to do some pretty disgusting things to become justice. And Curse is supposed to be a Primarch. He's supposed to be above it. So he just projects all of it onto the Night Haunter. So the Night Haunter has performed this. Frankly, I mean, <laughs> they're horrendous deeds. I mean, Dom will agree with me. Flaying people, sending oh. their Vox casts. Well, but what we have it, to remember is it works. When yeah. the Emperor fights a planet and he says, send the Eighth, that's not a threat. That's a promise. And when the eight have arrived, there are a couple of examples in the second black book. When they arrive, it's too late. You can't surrender. You will be made an example to the Imperium at a whole. And it comes back into pragmatism, according to Hobbes. I mean, is it really that bad if you kill the tenth of a planet and then project their terrified wailing over the entire Vox network? Or do you well, do like the Imperial Fists? Do you attack half the planet and kill half of everyone? Yeah, and this is where you're 100% right. And we'll, we'll go to Vulcan Lives because Vulcan Lives has a scene that pr- is exactly what you've just described. And you've read it, haven't you? Yes, yes, yeah. I have. So, 
so the salamanders have got the full might of their army out outside a city and uh they're waiting for the night lords um and i think they knock on the door to see if they want to come out and fight and uh the city has been completely well there's no one there they've all been massacred and killed and as as you said they've been it's been documented and it's now being broadcast all around and kurz has basically killed an entire city to supplicate the entire planet and Vulcan's like, that's totally out of order. You can't do it. And I, I'm not sure if they actually pointed out, but, you know, your method would be to set fire to everyone. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> to, uh, to rephrase it, could almost be the Night Lords did in a night what the Salamanders would have maybe required a year to do. Yeah. Yes. In that case. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, they also gained the hatred of an entire planet. Yes. And for that's the Imperium. The thing. Yeah, and that's the thing that Curse understands, but is willing to see it's a set-off. Because something we have to remember is also that Curse knows that they're a hated legion. I mean, but it's the not problem like... Is, the yeah. problem is that it isn't the legion that's hated, it's the Imperium. No, it is. That's the problem. So, that's the biggest flaw in the entire... Even though it works, it might work for the moment. So it's more of a band-aid rather than a fix. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> if we draw... <laughs> If we say, just as an example, as a thought experiment, if we say that Horus is right and that the Primarchs are going to be a passing thing, would it not work great for the Imperium as a whole if the Emperor arrives and says, yes, you're not following us, you're in the fold, the people who oppressed you and put you into this terrifying loyalty that's worked for a thousand years and make sure you're a great citizen, they have been taken into account. The Night Lords are no more. They have all been accounted for and executed. So the people on the planet are now loyal. They're afraid, but they also feel like, well, something good was done with the people who did this horrible thing at 2,000 years ago. It would work. They would be a disposable tool. But that's just that's just, fraud, just a wild theory. That's... Well, the Emperor's, the Emperor's thinking 10,000 years ahead, isn't he? he yeah. like, it's yeah. all a means to an end, and that's... I mean, it, it, the, the, the prime, some of the Primarchs kind of understand that. Rabute definitely gets it. Yeah. But, um, and, the, and in some ways, the Haunter get, Night Haunter gets it, because the first thing he really says to the Emperor is, I know exactly what you want me to do, you know, what, what you have planned for me. And it's, it's, yeah, with the Emperor, it's kind of like, well, these, all these lives may die, but it will be so that future lives will have a better life. It's all, it's all for, for that purpose. So that the means means to an end that the Night Lords and the World Eaters and the Death Guard, all yeah. all of these extremely nasty legions, um, I'd still say the Night Lords are the better, are the better evil of the World Eaters. But that's, they have that's, a better track record, at least. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Well, well the, the the World Eaters they make an example of the entire planet. <laughs> this one, <laughs> one city. Well, at least there's no rebellion afterwards, isn't there? That's, no, that's, exactly. That's, the problem is solved. But I think uh, one of the things, though. Uh, to jump into defense a bit about the Night Laws is that also they know that the fear will become sort of subconscious because they will fear the Imperium more than they hate it as the generation progress because then, you know, everyone knows how memory, like, we, we start to forget, like, things that are shitty, but the overlying rules uh, and the things that we fear are still in there, like, yeah. you know, like the inherent fear of authority and so on. But the faces of the people that we hate kind of disappears. And we've seen that like through history, like the, well, you know, Third Reich and so on and whatnot and communism and Soviet, like it, it's, it's, it's that the fear used to have a person like, like Stalin, but then Stalin 
you know, he died and so on. But, but you know, the hatred for him kind of dissipated as well. And then it became, but people still feared the state, which yeah. was kind of his doing. So, so I think that Conrad Kurz is, he's on to something there. Like, because he knows that like two or three generations down, well, they will still talk this whispers about when the fucking night laws came there, but it, it will be more, you know, it, it would be more hard to put a finger on something to hate because it will be too obscured because it's, it's ancient history by then. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and in some ways it will be, but by doing this, this was achieved for our culture. It's, yeah. it's like, because I mean, we were, we were conquered by Rome, by the Romans, and the Romans probably decimated a lot of the original culture, but the foundations they've left in place have allowed other, you know, other cultures to come as a result. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's a solid point, Freddie. Yeah, and if you want to look at a historical example, since you mentioned Rome, you do have the Carthage Empire, which was at its time one of the greatest empires of the world, but Pax Roma needed to rule supreme. So for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, <laughs> Rome committed <laughs> the first wholesale genocide, and they not only killed everyone, like literally everyone in Carthage, they burnt down one of the most beautiful organized cities in the world and sowed the entire city with salt. Well, that's a myth, though. But yeah, I mean, the genocide we know of, the salt, were not as They, built, they built a city on the same place after it. Yes, that they so did. There would be quite pointless to salt it and then build a city on top of the salted earth, but... That was all, yeah. also after the Third War, uh, which the Carthaginians started. Yeah, but still, the myth prevailed. I mean, yeah. for a long time, it worked. And that's also the thing that Night Lords are better at. And in some of the books, but maybe we're getting a hold of us, ahead of ourselves. Anyway, so the Emperor arrives after much if and but, and he brings – Dom's going to have to correct me, but I believe he brings with him Rogel Dorn. He does, he yep. With him full Grim. Yep. Uh, uh, and a third Primarch. Yeah, the uh, the worst Primarch. He brought Ferris <laughs> Manus. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. And I think that's the important. proper thing to use to do. And he brought a, th- a third Primarch. <laughs> yeah, he brought... Yeah. He brought it's like IT crowd, a brilliant savant, an intelligent go-getter, and the person from Ireland, which is... Yeah. Full and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, there's actually a really important trait of the Night Order here, because in turn... The Night Hunter has been plagued by psychic visions that he doesn't understand what it is. He can see all of them. He sees Fulgrim as some sort of vague snake humanoid. He sees Ferris Manus in deathly combat, losing his head. And he can see uh, Dorn, clad in glad, stabbed by his own hands. And he starts literally convulsing in pain and fear. And the Emperor puts a hand on his shoulder and says, I know what plagues you, my son, but now know that you shall be at peace. Yeah. it actually works out for a while and he actually even like Don pointed out in the pre-game talk that we had uh, <laughs> Fulgrim looks at Nostromo and thinks yes this guy gets it, he's like me he's pacified his place, he brought back art and culture, he got them off planet this guy <laughs> this guy. so they actually have a fostering friendship there and for a while I'm going to say like in the second renaissance in Animatrix for a while it was good they dragged the best from Nostromo into the Night Lords for a while. And yeah. he went out, he pacified, he brought peace to the galaxy. He finally had someone who vaguely understood him, which was Fulgrim, so he could actually confide in him. But it didn't get better. No. <laughs> poor, poor old Conrad, suppressing his late, like, his psychic latent talent and simultaneously being forced to commit what are war crimes. Even though he understands, 
among the Primarchs, he understands quite well, I need to do this. If we are to have a future for humanity, this needs to be done, but it doesn't make it easier for him. So after a long time, <coughs> he gets another vision. And Fulgrim comes in and he confides in him. Uh, but Fulgrim, being Fulgrim, basically <laughs> nods, sits down and says, yes, 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 fascinating. No, 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 your, your secret's safe with me. <clears throat> Let me just step out. I'll just... Rogel! Rogel! <laughs> and he runs and he talks to Rogel. And Rogel literally pops in through the door, yelling, the fuck is this? To be fair, I think it was more of Primark Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can't believe that uh, Curse t- told me this. Yeah. Hashtag secret. OMG. <laughs> It was all like fucking gossip girls. Yeah. <laughs> and something that actually compounded this problem was that at this time, we know now that Nostrom had fallen into chaos in his absence. Without a strong authority figure like Freddy was talking about, without the myth of the Night Hunter punishing them, they resigned it into chaos. Well, and the Night to be fair, they about. still had the myth of the Night Hunter. They just yeah. didn't have a physical Night Hunter. No, now they had a myth of the time that Night Hunter finally left. Oh, thank God. Yeah. There was much rejoicing. And the Night Hunter, I mean, it's outlined in the following books that he knows this. He can see that now his legion is being filled with the dregs of Nostromo. They're like dragging the worst of the worst. And when I say the worst of the worst, you have to remember that the original Terran recruits for the Night Lords were from the worst prison holes that you could find on Earth. And the fact that Nostromo was basically a planet ruled by the wealthy elite and criminal oh. gangs. Oh, yes. That was all of the population of Nostromo was, ba- was either employed by the wealthy elite or in criminal gangs. Yes. And what we have to remember is that what he got now <laughs> was far worse than what he had started out with because what yeah. the Conrad curse now was got was a constant reminder of what he perceived as a failure, not just as a person, but of an ideology. And if he had failed while doing what his father created him to, then what was there? And this is sort of, to me at least, when the Night Hunter and Conrad Curse fuses and the Night Hunter takes the upper hand. In realizing that the failure of the ideology had gone uh, Gwent, and after having viciously mauled Rogel Dorn, uh, he more or less cuts ties with the Imperium as a whole. And in accordance with the second Black Book, it was pretty clear that by this time the Emperor had realized that even to me, <laughs> I'm going to have to like publish or rebuke him. And to those of you who remember what happened when he was going to rebuke Lorgar, it probably wasn't going to a good place. Of course. And, no, under the, hand, the, rebu- the rebuke of Lorgar could have been handled in a much better way than yeah, alienating the oh, entire no. legion and turning him away from the Imperium. No. <laughs> that wasn't like, intentional. Maybe but not yeah. send the Malkador and the entire Ultramarine's Legion. Yeah, and made Maiden Blorgar wear a dress as they destroyed his city. Yeah, and be a pretty princess. Yeah, but at least it wasn't the wolves. Yeah, no. and that's actually something that we tend to gloss over because both in Lorgar and in the Night Hunter, in the second Black Book, you get to know that what happened was it was like a fifty or seventy year period where the Emperor sends representatives from his council and he sends humans and he sends space marines and he has to get these reports and collate it. And he doesn't send the wolves to either one. He doesn't want them killed. He can see a use for them. He's probably going to try and make something good. But Conrad, (laughs) seeing what's on, he sees the writing on the wall. He goes back. He deals with Nostromo in a terminal manner by wiping it out by a quick lance strike to the core of it. 
and then deciding that he's had quite enough about all this, sees, I think the exact term he uses to so Shazal is, we have other friends who would look more beneficially upon us. Here, have my crown and run away with it. Oh, wait, I'm the head of, of the story yeah. here. And then, yeah, that's at a later date. And then he goes to join the War Master and uh, to join, well, the other elements at Istvan 5. Yeah. And I'm going to just do some of uh, from the, uh, the Dark King. Yeah. While we sit here, where we are at this point of the story, to just try to understand the difference between Rogaldorn and the Night Hunter at this point. And uh, Rogaldorn asks uh, what what uh, the Night Hunter is doing, and it's punishing the guilty. He had answered coolly, restoring order. And uh, Rogaldorn basically replies with, "This is not order, curse. This is murder. Order your warriors to stand down. My imperial fist will take over this sector." And uh, there's the difference of how they see their enemies, because. At this point, when they technically have won, the Night Lords still see the civilians as their enemy. While Dorne sees the civilians as liberated and thus part of the Imperium and supposed to be brought into the fold of the Imperium instead. And that's um, that's the moment where, well, where um, the Night Haunter then, to prove a point to Dorne, Gives a weapon to one of the civilians and says, "You can, you know, you can. Uh, uh, I'm going to turn my back to you. I'm going to walk away. Do whatever you want, you know, and you won't be punished. Whatever you do, it's up to you." And uh, the first thing he does is raise his weapon to try and kill the haunter, and well, it doesn't end well for him, which uh, leads to the implication. <laughs> well, he gets his head punched off, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but before that, it's basically. Uh, they're prisoners now, but soon there will be a population and part of the Imperium. Have you forgotten the Emperor's purpose in declaring the Great Crusade? Mm. And it is to conquer, said Curse. And from Dorne's point of view, this is... We are liberators, not destroyers. We bring the light of illumination, not death. We must govern with benevolence if these people are ever to recognize our authority in this galaxy. And that is basically how far away from each other they can be at this point. One sees them as, we need to rule with terror... And to keep this as uh, the way of going forward, otherwise they will rebel. And the dawn, on the other hand, is we have to show them our way. We have to bring them into the fold, otherwise they will rebel. So if you keep but it, but it's torturing them, both, both of them are kind of agreeing on that they will rebel, though. Which are or in, they which might rebel? Just... They will want to re- reduce the risk because don't want to start this civilization in an imperial way, whereas the Nine Total or Conocurse at this point wants to continue killing them. And this goes on to basically uh, is, uh, these people resisted us and must pay the penalty for that crime. Obedience to the Imperium will come from the fear of punishment, you know, as well as anyone Dorn. Kill those that resisted and those we learned the lesson to oppose us is to die. And then, you are wrong, but we should speak of this in private. And that is where what Dominic just said starts. That is just to try to see how far away 
on the way from each other, they stand on this point on how to conquer. And both have a point in it. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, much flack as we want to give to Kurtz or Alpharius or like any of the lateral warfare legions, you have to remember that charging a planet after a planetary bombardment, lining up all your troops in the field, putting up like columns of armor is not going to work in every instance. Well, it was the Imperfis in this point that we just kill people and then build a fortress. So, <laughs> and then you have the mightiest fortress on the planet and people can't do shit. So there's a different, there's probably not as much of a difference between them, just the method of the oppression. Which is what, it's a common thing with all the Primarchs. Every one of them has their own way, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just two very, very, very different Primarchs, is Rogal Dawn and, uh, and uh, Conrad Kurz. Yeah, but it's been pointed out before. I think Dorn is the most combative of all the Primarchs. He's very linear in saying, it's my way that works. And he flips off, I think, what, like three, three Primarchs, right? Straight up? And kills one. Yeah. Too soon. He... Well, it kills one iteration of that Primarch. Then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we really don't know how many of them there are. One of them killed Gilliman, so... Yeah. But no, that's a really good point. I mean... That's where they are so far ideologically, this yeah. far in the heresy. But if you see and later on how the, what the Imperium turns into, uh, this dying empire that, after the heresy, it yeah. probably don't really think it matters that much. <laughs> We've got to put it in long, long perspective. But uh, how about we talk a bit about uh, what they do during the crusade? Oh, yeah. Yep. Pacify. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In those words. With extreme prejudice. (laughs) Knife goes in, guts comes out. Yeah. What's the, what what is it? The, uh, there's an audio that's just recently come out, uh, which is, uh, when Curse has just recently been united with the Legion and they go to, they go to a planet that's, uh, Actually, only recently just liberated itself from the from uh, I believe the Dark Eldar, and it's not been too long. They're still quite proud of that. They've uh, brought their own sort of unity, and the, em- the Imperium arrives with its emissaries, and they decline. And well, then the eight percent in um, engage their. I think they engage their fleet, secure the flagship, and basically empty out the entire crew onto the populace. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically sent the Dark Elder in to deal with the people that used to clear themselves of the Dark Elder. Yeah, it's, it's, it, they, yeah, they out, they out, they out, Dark Elder, the Elder, and but yeah, mass. It's uh, it's Kurz is uh, Kurz isn't really in for mercy. It's not, I think it's the word he hates the most, or please. I think that's the one he hates the most. People, you know, begging. Um, they, uh, I'm trying to think whatever, whatever. Do you have the Black Book with you, Chris? Because they've got a few of their encounters. I'm looking at one of them. Yeah. <clears throat> that was in book two. Yeah. One of the most delightful ones is actually from book one, which I wrote down in my notes here. But in book one, Betrayal, there's a mention of which is called The Castigation of Terentius, which is actually done by the Sons of Horus. The recently christened Sons of Horus. Okay. And basically, it's a planet that swore fealty to the Emperor, but then went to Rogue and betrayed their sons. And 
uh, whores went there. Tell me if this sounds familiar to anyone. Uh, the whores went, whores went there, personally ordered by the emperor. Uh, he attacked with his legion and the Night Lord's Iron Hands and Alpha Legion with elements of the Mechanicum. Uh, then he goes to the edge and he teleports personally with 50 of his Yasterian after Alpha Legion destabilizes the planet. He teleports to their headquarters and he attacks them. And as he kills the warlord, the warlord laughs at him and says that the Empire is doomed to fall and he's sure to win anyway. He actually dies on the Talon Horus. And due to the fact that if this sounds exactly what happened for Istvan Free, it's probably because it's intended to be very familiar. But this is the interesting part. After Horus fights it, he decapitates the HQ of their battle. It's called Terentius. And on the way out, he is so angered by what happens that he orders the Night Lords alongside Iron Hands and the Mechanicum to perform a total pacifying action together with Order Reductor, and he wants to decimate every of the remaining rebel world completely. And all of it would be left only as a vacant, hollow, burning example to those who would dare defy the Emperor's own creed. So that's actually one of the instances where the Night Lord are very useful, because <laughs> even Horus recognizes the fact that we need to have examples. That would, that would Not just be... on a planetary scale, but on a cluster-sized <laughs> scale. That would be an extermination Yes. Challenge, challenge, basically, between the Which religions. And not the uh, decimation. But I was going to say that the one you mentioned right earlier was was it a, a lesson in darkness? Yeah, that's it, a lesson in yeah. darkness. That's the one. Yep. Just thought I'd mention that for anyone. That yeah, sorry, I'm terrible with names. Well, I just looked it up at the Black Library site, if I'm, to be honest. But <laughs> I thought it would be good for people to know. Yeah. Sounds interesting. It's a yes, yeah, good, good little short audio. Let gives you a bit of insight into into Kurz, especially when he took over the Legion. Um, and it's interesting because the Legion itself, uh, it's can, can you imagine? It's like each one, it like they were already quite a, they quite they had a particular task, particular role as a Legion. But when the when Conrad Kurz arrived, it. It has a fundamental effect on them, and that, they briefly touch on that with that audio. And it's, it's a, the relationship between the Legion and Kurz is a really fascinating aspect of them of their um, of the Legion. It's their they they're kind of enamored of him. They like they 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 really seek his approval. They want to you know they want to serve him, but he's not really capable of identifying with them too well. There's only a handful of them that he really sort of clicks with. Um, in particular, obviously Sevatar. And um, Talos in later books. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Chris? Well, in that respect, no. he's he's very much like Angron. Like I, I think that he he bears a lot of similarities between a couple of the broken Primarchs. I like that term, broken Primarch. Well, he would probably right. <laughs> not have been as broken had he landed on a planet where he might have gotten another upbringing. Maybe. I, like, I like to imagine that um, he, if he landed on the planet that. Was populated by, say, the um, the My Little Ponies or something. He, he, he would have literally done exactly the same. He would have thing. had a grand coat of My Little Ponies. Yes. But, but, yeah. but, but West, one thing uh, though, like uh, one thing thing though about him, like he he's compared to his brothers, he he's the most human of the Primarchs. Mm. Uh, yeah. But uh, on the traitor what, side, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. But. Uh, 
No, but he but he gets emotions. He gets humans. He 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 uses humans. He knows how to interact with humans. Even though we we see all the extremes in him that he's like he's he's all this about being you know like fucking we, psycho bat, we Batman. We might also mention that one of the reasons why he has these many emotions and why he has this complex personality is because since he was young, he's been able. He's had a vision of when. Of the day he's died, he's dying, mm. or the yeah. day when he, the moment he, up to the moment he's died. So he's, he knows that no matter what he does, he will die at this point. He can't change yeah, that. He's, if you think about it, he's one of the few Primarchs who, in any way, acknowledges his mortality. I mean, Ferris Manus completely refuses to acknowledge that they can be killed by anything. I think in one of the earlier books, he even says the only thing that could slay us is one of the other, and he laughs it off. Yeah, but that's because I they thought it unthinkable the of yeah. the fight between prime brothers. That's what. And what and what we need to remember is that before Ferris dies, they're not even sure if they can die. I mean, well, they think it's a preposterous idea because they are Vulcan the handiwork can't. of. Yeah, they think <laughs> <laughs> they're the handiwork of the Emperor himself, who is infallible. But Conrad knows better. Conrad knows how this is going to end, and he, he also thinks among the Primarchs that. It can't be changed in any way. He's, on the other hand, not the only one no. with that gift of precognition. No, this is true. You the also only have thing, the only thing is that one of them act, has probably had a better upbringing and learned how to, and maybe have a. He also have a totally different different personality. Yeah. In Sanguinius, he has a totally different personality, which is why he acts in another way, given that he knows that he will die one day at this point. Actually, so, yeah. I, I have a question for you guys. Uh, like with with all the other prime marks, like let's say Angron, you, you can see that he's he is besides the butcher nails. Like if it wasn't for the butcher nails or his upbringing, he would have been some sort of like a general super leader genius. Uh, like who, who would inspire his troops and be like you know one of those that typical leaders leading from front become one of the boys sort of thing. And he, he you know he has traits. Uh, we have fucking Pedrabo. He he likes building shit, and you know we we have all the like uh, Fulgrim. He likes his art, and Logar likes his books. And, you know Magnus likes his other things, but with Conrad, we don't really see like it's hard to see what he could have been if we ended up in another place. Yeah, but that's yeah. because most of what we know of him is that he likes skinning children and putting them on the walls. That's, that's yeah, and that's uh, something um, in Prince of Crows. I mean, he he pretty much just starts killing straight off the bat. He yeah. um, he and 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 Sevatar points out to him, you never still you never tried any other means. Yeah, you pretty much thought, well, this is sharp, and started <laughs> plunging it into stuff. Um, it's it, he he uh, it, that's that's sort of his. It, it, we, he doesn't really have another setting or another sort of sense of. So I, I try to think about moments of sort of compassion. And I, the only moment, moment I can think of with him is when he goes to see the lion in Savage Weapon, Savage Weapons, and it's a brief moment of sincerity when he says we should have a talk, and the lion's like, "What's the point? There's no point in that." And he, and the, and Kerr's kind of has a moment where his that facade of being mocking sort of drops, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I know," but. Let's have a talk anyway, sort of thing. Yeah. It's, but I can't think of any other. He, he's just cold and difficult the whole time, isn't it? I guess it's such a weird mentality he must have. And he also got that uh, bit of a 
fury frenzy thing that some of the primates got got when they have those visions the moment when he almost killed Dorn or tried to kill Dorn. Yeah. But he's not fighting Dorn in his head. He yeah, has no I, idea what he's doing. Yeah, I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking about in Prince of Crows in the beginning, in the example I had when he tries to kill the priest or the spiritual leader who's very corrupt in the beginning. He's actually filled with a sort of a growing or an ambient hope that this at last will cause others to take action. By my example, they shall be led. And I think that he genuinely thinks that if I only kill this corrupt minister, the people around him will see him for the fake that he is. And they will rise up and they will make their lot greater in life. And it's such a disappointment to him when he realizes that they are only human and limited by what they can do. And, this and is... he does... With... Yeah, yeah so continue. Finish. And he withdraws after that. And if you remember the book, Dom, I reread it just before this, so I shouldn't really yeah. claim any special knowledge. He goes back and like literally goes back to the drawing table and has to think about it again. Like, what is my next step? And he only comes to, well, obviously, oh, yeah. the only thing I can do <laughs> is kill everyone. <laughs> okay, well, he goes, he, goes for, he goes straight for the leadership, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got the, um, uh, yeah, and it's right. You, you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That is his moment when he sees that humanity will fail him every every given opportunity. Because it's also a cool moment of Batman. It's straight. It's straight out of the Dark Knight Returns when he smashes through, smashes through the window of his cape, flooring yes. everything. That that scene is really cool. But it is he think he, he thinks he's going to liberate the people by showing them the light or state state you know dro- dropping some truth bombs on them. But they. Uh, but they just don't. They don't do it. They're too afraid of him. They don't. Yeah, they don't see the what say it the way he does. And as a, I think, as a result, he never really tries to identify with anyone ever after well, that. The, well, well, that gives another point to the emperor because uh, if we remember the emperor arguing about um, that, you know, that the humanity needs strong leaders because they can't they can't rise up. They can't do shit for themselves. They need yeah. they need people to be that fucking uh, catalyst to yeah. to move them forward. And and Conrad is being kind of like an idealist, and he he thinks that well, he he goes in and and do what Anglum would have done without the butcher's nails, and and they will follow his example, but they are incapable of doing that. So he's just like, well, everyone's failed, and so they they might just not just live. Yeah, yeah. I think that like two things. The first one is like the difference between sanguinous and curse is. You guys all know what a nihilist is, right? Someone who knows that all our deaths is inevitable. There are two ways to be a nihilist. The first one is to think that all human endeavor is more or less pointless because we're all going to die at the end. There's no real point. The second one is to realize that I'm going to die. And in that, I am completely and utterly free. I can do whatever I want. The limitation is me. And without going to the philosophy behind this, these are the two different applications of nihilism. We usually just think of someone saying that what's the point? We're all going to die in the end, which is curse. He can see it as well. What's the point? And then you have Sanguinous, who is freed ultimately by the knowledge. But in the beginning, it's the other way around. Kurtz knows his death, so he will make a meaning until it. And when Sanguinous, after fighting Kabanda, is struck by his own death, he's very nihilistic and very depressed about it. Yeah. And then it switches over. And when Curse finally meets Sanguinous in the later books, they can see something of themselves in the other. The problem is that Sanguinous is troubled and haunted and thinks, I must become better than Conrad. And Conrad looks on, on Sanguinous and is so disappointed. Like, here's someone who could see the world like I do. 
and all they do is drudge along embodied ideals of the emperor and not even try to live beyond their own station. Yeah, yeah. And also, I... and also the thing that you said, Dom. Sorry, did I interrupt you? No, no, sorry. Like you made a Batman parallel. I don't know if the other people here read comics like me, or if you dated girls when you were teens. You probably did. Uh, but there's a part. <laughs> you can do both. Yeah, you can do both. Damn, oh no shit! What are you talking about? <laughs> There's an old comic uh, called Batman Year One, which is supposed yeah. to be like, this is what Batman did the first year. And there's a scene that's pretty famous where Batman confronts the entire like criminal families of Arkham. And he turns off the lights and turns it on and basically tells them that your time is over. That's, yeah. Justice is coming for you. And that's exactly what Curse does. <laughs> but in Curse's case, one of them is like, oh yeah, who do you think you are? You know what? So what? You kill us and you take our place? That's how it's going to work out. And it's like, No. So you're going to rule for me, or I will kill you. And then he kills one of them as an example. Yeah. <laughs> so the Batman parallels are sometimes subtle, sometimes very obvious. That also it, works with uh, the character itself, because he has somewhat of a split personality. Yeah. In that he is Conrad Curse, but he is also the Night Haunter. And the Night Haunter is much more the dark, killy thing. The gribbly thing in the dark that... Uh, mm murders and terrorizes and not really sure what it's going to do, but it has to kill. Yeah. Then you have Conor Curse with his, more of his, his lucid mind. Well, you know, justice is cruel. Well, life is cruel as well, and people are cruel. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> life is pain. Um, <laughs> pain and but, suffering and... What's Lincoln interesting Park. as well is that um, with Kurz's, what Kurz's um, period during Imperium Secundus when he's um, when he's on the crag, and uh, he's what he does with the um, I can't with the name the area that was the same people that betrayed uh, Conor. Uh, what are they called? Uh, Ily- Illyrians. Yes, something like this. Yeah. They- um, We're all yeah, furiously t- typing. Yep. Um, but the but Kurz basically starts hanging out in their in their area, and they they love him because obviously they still have resentment to to um, Gulliman and uh, and and Kona and that sort of here. Just that culture still sort of has harbors those negative elements, and he and he sort of embeds himself in the culture and sort of becomes a, a semi hero to them. And he's 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 quite after losing his legion and getting separated he's more of a spy i don't know how you feel about him with him chris at this at this point but he's quite a spiteful character oh, he's, yeah. he's he is very much anything to get anything to get a rise out of him anything to maximize you know uh, he is a sort of a petulant child at this point yeah, just one of his one of his core drives which you're basically saying is he wants to show them you're not better than me yes yeah. but i is- can show you what you have done i could have done if what you do, I could do. But I could do it worse, and you're just blind to the truth. You're right. He can be a bit like a like a goth teenager who read his first book by Lamarck or something. He's like, <laughs> all endeavor is fake. And you're at the granny's dinner, and the granny's like, oh, I used to ride. And it's like, I could ride a horse, but the horse would die. So what's the point? <laughs> but it, and he does it to all of them. He's going to put this on a timeline. This is after Ison 5. This is after yeah. he's killed his own oh, sorry, planet, yeah, after he's left his own legion. Sorry, I've jumped ahead. I'm um, yeah. sorry about that. I'm just uh, putting it in the context for the listener that might not have yeah. heard all of this before. This is quite late in uh, the heresy because it's on in the Imperial Secundus. So it's, well, not, it's a bit in it at least. 
and has left his legion, has destroyed his own planet, and uh, yeah, and he's about been, that, uh, been taunted by and taunted both uh, Vulcan and uh, the Lion for yeah. a, year, a year or so, <laughs> which is actually hilarious when you think about it. We need each other. On the other hand, he knows when he's gonna die. And yeah. he knows that it's inevitable, and he's basically have a clock ticking down to the day he's going to die. So this might just do the best of the situation and torture yeah. people. And but primers. I think Kurt, Kurt's considers himself a truth bearer. He wants mm. to show them the truth they can't understand on their own, and it confounds him why they don't just know better. Yeah. I mean, I, some yeah. of these people still believe in the Emperor. Come on, the Emperor's putting us against one another. He made me. Which I think is a pretty good proof that the Emperor <laughs> hasn't got it together. And the fact that no one listens is... Yeah, just sp- makes him spiral more and more out of control. I just because... made a short note here. Yeah, yeah. sorry, no, no, Chris, go on. I was saying that because no one listens, he becomes frustrated and enraged, and this increases all of the levels of his, at this point, growing insanity. Yeah, he's um, he, and it, it, like he says, like it is must be so frustrating to have all the answers, but nobody's willing to to sort of listen to them and and just be to be dismissed the whole time. Which okay. I think he has his has, answers. Say again, sorry. He has his answers. Yeah, <laughs> but so that might might also be why no one is listening because he he feels it's the truth, but no one else wants to accept it. No, yeah, and that is yeah. that adds to his frustration. Which would be obvious if someone was yelling. And, I mean, it's been said before, but just in regards to Istvan 5, it's okay if I go on a bit of sidetrack, just tying us back to that. (laughs) On Istvan 5, if ever there was anyone who could be called obviously evil, you could make a case for the Death Guard, but they've already thrown in their loft and say we are betrayers. But... For reasons beyond myself, despite the fact that he literally convened a council to convict Curse no less than 20 years ago, and Curse knows about this, he calls Curse to task and says, basically, you shall be vindicated by your actions. Support Ferris Manus, go to Istvan 5, bring them to task. And the fact that he escaped his imprisonment yes. on that council by killing... After beating up Dorn and killing a bunch of Imperial Fists. <laughs> and Emperor's children. Yeah, he, and still they're like, you know what? That was the worst but, part. He killed all of his his uh, jailers and just uh, ran away. Yeah, I imagine, I imagine that discussion going down because the Emperor is probably busy doing real shit. So Marketor sits down with like, yes, Grand Council, let us calculate whom we can trust on this time of difficulties. <clears throat> yes, young Conrad, he did kill 50, 50 odd, uh, what are they called? Yellow, Imperial yeah. Fists. And uh, there was someone there yeah. like, yes. Yeah, I had yes, Praetorians, I the Praetorians yeah. and the Templars. Yes. Archgeneral, you have some points. Um, didn't he also kill some of the perp fellows, the Emperor's children? Well, yes, he did also kill some Emperor's children. So I'd say it's about 50-50. He'll help us. We should at least ask him. You wanted to ask the man. And uh, yes, you can take that as an example and see how much Magnus fucked up. <laughs> yeah. When uh, I mean, uh, when Conor tried to kill Dorn, and they still wanted his help after yeah. that. No, no, no. This guy, he's 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 a known quantity. We can, we can probably use him. But uh, there's actually a really is int- a really interesting part here that is sort of glossed over. And I'd I'd argue that Istvan Five is where the ascent of Iago Savatarion Savatar starts to the other legions because. 
Most people knew him as a great fighter, a dirty fighter who could fight Sigismund to a break, and he was known in the fighting pits of world leaders. But partly this is where reformed Lorger comes back, because you have to remember that these legions haven't seen each other, some of them, for hundreds of years. And now you have the word bearers, the Alpha Legion, the Night Lords, and Iron Warriors. And I think it's in the Betrayer or the First Heretic. You guys fact check me. But they're all gathered together and new Lorgar comes out and he holds a very impassioned speech saying how they have fought for false ideals. They have fought against one another when they should be united. Now, here we are, elevating a new tyrant where we have deposed so many others and now we must fight. And that's actually when Savitar yells out, death to the false emperor. False emperor yeah. And this is very significant because this is the first time that anyone anyone who is not a Primarch has dared utter that the Emperor is not infallible. And everybody picks it up, and they're all very impassioned. But Lord, but uh, Sevatar is probably one of the few people who knows his Primarch's mind, so to him it all makes sense. Yeah, Emperor's a dick, these guys are false gods, let's go get shit done. And <laughs> it's kind of telling where the Night Lords are pushed, because the Night Lords, <laughs> alongside with the Word Bearers, are meant to sort of be the shield that hem in the Raven Guard and the Iron Hands and the Salamanders while they're fleeing. And the Iron Warrior is supposed to pound them to death. Not in Emperor's Healer way, just with guns. That's also because they have half of the guns in the Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lion. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. bad. Yeah, that was a bit of a fuck-up. And this is where... And this is actually where Curse, uh, as Curse is saving Lorgar's life against uh, Korax, who's making a last bid to decapitate their leaders, because that's his thing, uh, Savitar is down in ditches, and he has gotten very specific orders from his Primarch to settle the Raven Guard. I believe that's exact phrasing. And he does. And he fights the Raven Guards alongside the Word Bearers. And after the battle, the last of the Colchisian, the thousand, like the blessed sons, the Galaforbuck, come up and they say, oh, thank you. And it's so great. Thanks, Zavatar. After fighting with the word bearers, the Alpha Legion just fuck off because, you know, they didn't really do anything. And they I said, weren't really me. there in the beginning anyway. No, they weren't there to be bloody. They were there to basically say, hey, we showed up. Can we get attendance credit? Cool. We're out. They were there to hide a few <laughs> legionnaires in the Raven Guard force. She succeeded yeah. with and uh, uh, all the other legions as well, probably. Yeah, probably in the bodyguards of all the Primarchs. Who watches yeah. the Watchmen? Alpharius. Yeah. <laughs> but after fighting with the Word Bearers and basically doing a tremendous amount of killing, uh, the Word Bearers approach Sevatar and the Atramentar and they basically say, we fought a good battle today. And upon seeing that they are now demons possessed by something that removes them from their free will, because to Sevatar, this is the grossest form of self-mutilation because they've basically removed their own will to have another being in their bodies so he spits on the ground and abandons them he turns his back on them and this is pretty indicative of like Dominic said before the disdain that the Night Lords have for demons well yeah. for now yeah, for now. But even, but even, um, but even in the 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 uh, just a brief segue on it in the in, in the Night Lords trilogy, which is set in the forty first millennium, but it is connected very much to the Heresy. They're not all choosing to do it. The problem is, is they're existing in the warp, and it's 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 infecting them and and, yeah. and getting them slowly, um, which is what chaos does. But they but they're not they're they're trying to stay as what they were, which. Uh, 
when you're already a group of mass murderers, it's not an easy, it's not an easy situation. <laughs> or is it? Sure. <laughs> it sounds like an easy situation. Murder is easy, boys. It is really, really easy. <laughs> also, if we're going to put a note for what happens after there is here, when in, in, compar- in regards to demons and stuff, yeah. some of the Night Lords have been gone from the, the real world as they feel for a few years. Mm. Some yeah. of them have been fighting for th- 10,000 years. Due to the vagaries of the warp and the hunt for the Chrononox. Yeah, it's 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 a yeah. Some like yeah, like you said, Chris. It's they've got different perspectives on when they've come back, and some have been greatly affected in some ways, and some haven't. But yeah, uh, going back on going back on task, So Isvan Five. Um, yeah. What what follows that is the Framus Crusade, isn't it? So, it which which leads to um, I. I think it's about two and a half years that that period that goes and it's uh well the, the obviously dawn dispatches the lion and the first legion to fight in that area and it's basically a cat and mouse game uh yeah, it is it, which um in prince of crows i think Sevatar says that it's had a negative effect on the night haunter because it's not really his style of warfare and it's not the lions either it's no. it's it has a massive effect on those two legions, and uh, which brings us to Savage Weapons, which has that has the lion actually confide to Kurz that he saw him as a potential equal. Because uh, was it you who said earlier, Chris, about he raised himself the, the Night Haunter? Yeah. And the closest person to to the to Kurz in upbringing is the lion, but the lion obviously met Luther, and that that brought about some major changes. But they, it's it. I, what I love about that that relationship between the two of them is the the lion likes to present himself as regal and in control and he loves to be in control he always likes to have that presentation but at the end of that encounter they are both screaming at each other bloody yeah. beaten to a pulp then they're just broke they're savage weapons they're 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 most savage and they're most breaking down and it's it's just that that effect that he has on the lion it, I think it's a, a massive scar, a massive impact he has on him, and just and those differing ideals that they have. So I've gone on a tangent with that. No, it makes perfect sense, and it's like yep. you say. For a long time, the Framas Crusade goes exactly like they did, and it's notable because the Framas Crusade is the last time that the Night Lords fights as a unified entity. Yes, they follow the War Master's orders, and in Kurtz's opinion, it's basically like being dragged down by the Viet Cong. They can't win. They can't have a decisive field battle. And then, as far as they know, through some insane way, the night the night lords are cornered by the dark angels. Yeah, we, we they don't go- even know how. But it might also yeah. be an intentional cornering. Yeah, and it they have no idea how did we get boxed in. And Curse realizes we have done. No, actually, Sevatar does. Oh, right, Sevatar realizes. Yeah, they get yeah. mauled. So they, he says very clearly after assembling. The ruling council, he says, this is what we need to do. And when they say, I don't really agree with that, he gets a new ruling council. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great idea, because it's like, if you remember in Vulcan Lives, there's a piece where taunt, where Kurtz taunts uh, Vulcan and says, ha, your hammer, teleport, it won't work. And he says, it's also a hammer. And here we have Savitar who has like, yes, I'll just leave my shin blade. And one of the people in the room like, wait, I've seen that. That is also a teleport homer, and that is Kurion Ophion. 
uh, I think the last survivor of the old Atramenta. No, of the old uh, Kuropera who joins the new yeah. one. He's the only one from the Cryoptera that yeah that survives. Um, and yeah. Because, because he shows initiative. He shows love, initiative love, and he can adapt. Yeah. He well he he bolts he bolts out of the room and Sevatar's literally got his arms crossed, just waiting and tapping his foot, and it's kind of like oh. Oh well, good for you, man. All right, cool. You you get to join. And it's it's that's I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's yeah. That's what, what I love about Sevatar is this is this pragmatism he has. Um, Prince of or you wanted to talk about Prince of Christ, I, um, but that I think that book is absolutely phenomenal. It's great, and yeah. what we need to remember is that unbeknownst to the rest of the ruling council, because now they have a council. It's if we're going to take the Rome metaphor again, the emperor is in a coma, so the Senate has taken it back. But it turns out the Savitar has the loyalty of the entire first company. Yeah. And as they storm in and basically just execute everyone, uh, if Ophion uh, actually asks them, what did he offer you? How did he buy you over? What did he do? And they just look at him like nonplussed and say, he offered us the truth. And that's yeah. what Savitar does. He gives them an option. There's um when he's forming the you'll you remember the names better when he's forming the new Cap Chiroptera and they're each coming in and there's um there's a nice moment I can't remember his I'm I'm bad with the names but he's I think he's one of the first that comes in and he his first sort of reaction after after seeing Kurz's uh, Kurz's room which is hanging with mutilated corpses yeah. that we are informed he does like to talk to and you shouldn't disturb um, <laughs> he uh, he's, he looks to Savitar and he says it's good to see you. And Savitar kind of doesn't know how to take that. He's, you know, he's yeah. he's actually quite a popular guy with certain people in the Legion. Yeah, and just, I'd like to say something about Savitar. Does everybody know where the name Iago comes from? Like, Isn't that from a fellow? Uh, yeah, it is. It's actually from one of Will Shakespeare's yeah. plays. It's from Othello. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And Iago is one of the most treacherous people in any of the Shakespeare plays. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is important to remember. Uh, Iago in the play is known as Honest Iago because he's the most deplorable person ever who will do anything to get ahead of the world. But everybody likes him. Uh, and there's even an entire tract where basically he says that I am evil because I see evil as being its own purpose. <laughs> And that's the best thing with Iago. He has completed a switch thing. He does what needs to be done, not for honor or glory, and he doesn't understand people at all. Somebody smiles at him and he tries to smile, and I think it's it's expressed as meat hooks pulling at the edge of his mouth. <laughs> and a part of this, it's implied that one of the reasons that he's a great fighter is because he's a latent psychic. He can see the future a bit ahead of everyone else. Mm. But it's also implied that this lets him be good with people when he normally wouldn't understand anything. It's There's a throwaway line that the the people who lead his spaceship – what's the name of the main battle cruiser? Really should know it. Uh, the, the night uh, – the night the, – uh, the uh, night, nightfall. Yes. Yeah. The main leadership of the Nightfall reminds him of his dead relatives. And it's left ambiguous if they really are or not. But it's he feels annoyed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he feels a loyalty to protect them. And like you say, he's popular. And people like him because they're like, hey, good to see you. It's good to see that someone's keeping the faith alive. And he's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I'm doing what I need to do. <laughs> There's that beautiful line as well where uh, – 
he he there someone says to him are you are, are you lying Savitar? and he goes i'm ape legion to my very core of yeah. course i'm lying it's <laughs> he plays to the strength of what the legion is and they are a legion of like at the end of it it's like we've got to regroup and fight the dark angel he's like oh don't be an idiot <laughs> it's like he also, at this than us. He, he also knows that they wouldn't stand a chance if they oh. gather up and yeah. fight fight the dark angels because so they fight monsters yeah he gathers at that point yeah, and something we should know about Sevtar, like, he's a ruthless pragmatic. He does what needs to be done, to use a really old saying. And the people of the old Kuroptera were people who scrabbled to the top through death duels, which, again, I just want to highlight how awesome that is. In yeah. the Night Lords, you settle things with death duels. You don't go to the arena like a warbearer. You don't have a formal duel like an Empress Children. You don't have uh, a strategic debate like the Ultramarines. You have a death duel. Which is very much like, and I'm going to bring back a Battletech duel. At any time, you can always challenge any superior to a death duel. And there are instances about this happening on Istvan fucking 5. <laughs> it's like, I challenge you to a duel, and someone has to go, what, right now? And he gets shanked in the throat. Yes, right now, I am now the squad leader. And it happens pretty often. So the old Kuroptera were scheming, backstabbing people who are like night lords and astromans to the core. Yeah, that we were going to say that they are really showing yeah. the heritage of Nostromo. And also and, of what the Legion was when they were only Terrans, because yeah. they were used in a terror way at Terra as, as well in the beginning. Yep. Excellent but point. I think we should uh, move on to a bit after the heresy with uh, yeah. the death of the Lord of the Night. Because yes. he's one that is, at least as far as we are concerned, still are dead and hopefully will stay dead. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got to stay dead. He has to. Can I just make one final point about after the Framas? Mm-hmm. Okay, just one thing. Uh, the new council that Sevatar puts together is made of, of a mix of everyone, so he has an even say. He has old Terran veterans and he also has a Raven Guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably why he got his red gauntlets, because he's slated to execution by Curse whenever Curse wants to. And since his orders was a deal with the Raven Guard, like I said earlier, he left some or one or several alive to serve the Night Lords. And Freddy plays the Raven Guard, so he knows how easy that would be to do, but still. But like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. to get back on task, uh, Curse basically says, we're going to scatter to the winds, we're going to strike to support. If you want to support a War Master, you do that, but do it your own way. And yeah. he sends Ophion to the Nostroman sector with the intense purpose of going back, seeing what there is to gather up. So he, he, he also back. had with him about nine thousand marines. Yes, he had the greatest collection of marines still loyal to the night lords. So he goes back. He had a collection bo- of marines still loyal to the night lords. <laughs> okay, that's a better point. And I'm gonna <laughs> just uh, go back to what we talked about earlier with the dark king. Yes, let's do that. Because uh, I'm gonna read the end of it. I know my voice isn't as great as JP's, but you have to bear with me. Uh, Nighthaunter watched the death of Nostromo with calm detachment, feeling the enormity of the action he had just taken settle upon him like a dark shroud. Strangely, it was not the burden he had expected. As he watched the tectonic plates split apart and the molten heart of the planet ooze up to swallow the landscape and away burn the atmosphere, the only sensation of which he was conscious was intense relief. The past was dead and he had shown that the creed he lived by was more than just empty words. 
the shockwave of this terrifying act would reverberate around the Imperium and come to the attention of those who, like him, understood the sacrifices needed to preserve the galaxy for humanity. Nostromo burned and Night Taunter said, I take this burden of this evil upon myself and I will not fear it, for I am fear incarnate. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Classic uh, Space Marine stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really like how they worked in that quote in in there. Because that's been around since probably longer than he has. Fucking fucking first (laughs) Yeah, so longer than Conrad himself. That's just amazing. And in honor of that, let's get back on track. So basically, Night Lord is spread out. Some are on Terra, some aren't. But meanwhile... Remind me again, what does Conrad curse to, Dom? Oh, right. Well, Kurt, throw. The, uh, just as, um, just as, uh, Servitar is, uh, rebuilding the Legion's strength and, and getting the new leadership in place, they are, they have been mauled, <laughs> severely mauled by the Dark Angels, and they are still regrouping at the, at a, an agreed rendezvous point. As they are, as, as Servitar goes into, um, see, Sev, uh, see the Night Haunter and using his psychic powers, tries to to wake him uh, we won't dwell on that I'll, just so we can get this moving sorry but just as that's happening the lion with uh, the lion with the full might of his legion come again and they hit straight into the the night lord fleet sevatar being sevatar organizes a retreat gets um, with the original plan of them uh, breaking up and doing their own thing and with um, with his with what his forces starts to have a plan which is what we never know about because it all goes to shit when the night haunter wakes up, grabs the foot, grabs the um, Atramentar, and uh, just goes straight over to the uh, the Invincible Reason, the flagship of the Dark Angels. <laughs> and it is, um, it is. I mean, it, people need to read Prince of Crows because what Sevatar does in that to get to the Invincible Reason is one of the coolest moments in the Heresy. Um, yeah, I think but, we should keep that too. Yeah, just read it. Just read it. Yeah, I'll leave, it's worth it. So good. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave all that out, but it is awesome. Um, like I said, Prince of Crow is one of the best books in the series. The and as a result, the uh, the Atramenta, uh, the Atr- sorry, not the Atramenta, the yeah, the Atramenta and the um, and uh, elements of the leadership in that in that company and Sevatar are held by the Dark Angels and the Night Haunter basically lives in the catacombs on board the invincible reason hunting and doing whatever he wants and the light that's again that's a that's another sort of story so the legion the remnants of the night lords have now been scattered to the winds with their own tasking and a certain group led by an individual called krukesh spot a certain beacon and uh make their way in that sort of direction Do you want to know more? Yeah, read do you want to know more? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I, need to re- read first. Yeah, I yeah. really need to go back to that when Curse was living, or Night Hunter at this point, really, uh, was living in the bowels of the yeah. flagship of the First Legion, and the Lion was basically letting him because he had fun chasing him or hunting him <laughs> in the dark. I, I think you have a point there. I think the line did get some kind of weird satisfaction out of it. I um, think he could have get got well, every, quite a lot sooner. Hobby, you know. 
Yeah, but it's the hunt. It's what the lion lives for, you know. He says he's a commander. He says that he he has to lead. But at the end of it, I think JP had a good point when he said from Age of Darkness, he is at heart a hunter. It's what he thinks he has to do. He thinks he has to hunt the monster to save the people. Because, of course, only the lion can do it. Well, he's a knight. And the classic classic, uh, mythical knight is someone that chases monsters to hunt them down, chases a dragon. And he has his noble damsel Luther. Well, well, yeah. not at that point. Luther was hanging out with Typhon. Well, I didn't but, say faithful. No. <laughs> he was also killing all of the Dark is loyal to the Lion on this planet. Everybody well, needs a hobby. Killing. They were, they were, they were finding them new accommodation with yeah. a Voltron bol- to the neck. <laughs> and they, they also <laughs> realized that the planet actually didn't really want them on the planet. <laughs> Yeah, that's, and that's that's a whole other podcast. That's, that's that's a that's something we really should have brought up in our Dark Angels special, but yeah. we didn't. <laughs> but this is sort of where Kurt goes on to saying, "Let me show you the the folly of your work," because living on the invisible reason, we all know the lion shows up on McCrag, and Surprise. while the lion, I, yeah, he may have prepped all the drop pods. Curse makes sure they deploy, yeah. which is just a genius move because he's playing their doubt against one another. And I think that when yeah, that, <laughs> at that has... point, had uh, Gilliman been another Primarch, he would have shot yeah. the entire Dark Indus fleet uh, in orbit around Macrag out of yeah. the sky. Yeah, because all of the and, weapons were already trained on them. And it's so great when he says, "Tell me no more lies, brother. Tell me no more falsehoods. What have you brought to my planet?" And yeah. the line just says, "Conrad." Yeah, and, and this uh, is where it starts. And then he forgets to mention the demon psyker thing living in his ship that can teleport his <laughs> flagship and part of the fleet. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he didn't actually ask him specifically about it, so he's technically not lying at that that's, point. That's true, that's true. Uh, and that demon thing wasn't on the planet. So. No, no, no. That's true, but uh, he brought it to the planet, not on the planet. True. And in the name of, like like Chris said, to not belabor the point, Conrad's there, they have a great fight. Read Angels of Caliban. It's a so, wonderful book. Yeah, it's so really good. It, it's, got, it's, got, uh, it's got really, really a build-up on hatred for the lion. In that book. Oh, yeah. You really hate him after that book. We love him more. Know, if you like I, the darkness, I, I, love him more. I think, I think um, I'd argue that the lion actually learns a life lesson from that one, but I've, again, it's a, <laughs> it's a different book for it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kurz, Kurz fucks shit up on the Greg. Yes, he does. He, he, is he, has a pa- absolute... he has a party. Yes. And he is successful because he does show them the pointlessness of the things that they do. And he, he also... does make them question what they've been doing. And if his point is to show them the pointlessness of their endeavors, good on him. He succeeded. But the, I mean, the, the say man, what you want. Three weeks later, everything was back to normal. Yeah, okay, fair enough. The so, next book the next book would be Ruinstorm, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So we can just uh Shall we should we just we'll just skip that one, shall yeah. we? <laughs> well we could well th- we could also take uh, the note from uh, he actually talks to Sanguinius in person yeah, in uh, Herald yeah, of Sanguinius. Yeah. yeah. In Herald of Sanguinius audio short when they hate create a sang- Sanguinor. Yeah, and hate the books as much as you want, but this is the one book where Curse is visibly rattled by what's going on. Yes, because it's there's an uncertainty, and that, yes. that bit is pretty cool. Is that it is? He, he isn't. He sorry. Yeah. No, no, you say it. I keep well, he, for, for once he's not all knowing. You know, and I I have a theory that the Pharos is um, 
um, affecting his powers and making them strong. And that's why in um, uh, Unremembered Empire, he he is he is dancing between the lion and Gulliman. You know, he's he can fight two Primarchs at once yeah. at that point because his powers are so so in tune yeah. with his surroundings. I'm gonna say that since we are nearing books that are quite recent in the release spectrum, mm-hmm. they should probably say read them and yeah. uh, skip a bit forward to the old fluff at Terra, yeah. perhaps. What do you say? Yeah. So the yeah. Night Lords are on Terra doing what they do, but Curse is not. <laughs> well, that, that was that was a great synopsis. That's very succinct. That's... Uh... <laughs> See how I covered my ignorance of the old fluff <laughs> by just saying the bare essentials. <laughs> and now, like, being a PM, I'm going to say, oh, do you guys want to expand on that? Or No. <laughs> because, uh, and we all, all know that uh, Curse is essentially dead after this. He yes. knows when he's going to die, as, as well as Sanguinius. And uh, this order drama has been out for quite a while. Yeah. He is... Probably because the hololith in that old drama never shows the killing blow. No. But given that they chase after the assassin to get the head back of Conrad Curse from the assassin, mm. it's probably a given that he lost his head at least. Yeah. That's, that seems to be the way to take out Primark, isn't it? Take off their head. <laughs> well, it's, it's a quite a good <laughs> way a, to do it. Yeah, it's a common, way to be sure, man. Common theme. Well, I know, like, when I did my conscription way, way back, the the only time we were allowed to... Uh, yeah, not one give of our, first aid. Yeah, when we're not supposed to give first aid. Oh, no, first aid. Uh, when we could actually declare that one of our fellow soldiers were dead was when, if they were decapitated. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to show, to tell. <laughs> you usually can't survive. Yeah. But, hey, I have a question for the forum, mm-hmm. because you all, all seem to be fucking smart people. Because uh, we know that you know, the, the whole thing about Imperial Secundus and stuff, and we know that uh, uh, that Conrad, he knows that the Emperor isn't dead because he knows about the future, kind of, right? So, but what about the fucking uh, Sanguinius? He knows that he will die facing Horus. He doesn't know yeah. that he will die facing Horus on a mission with the Emperor. He can only see the moment where he dies, basically. And yeah, he, yeah, does, he, he knows that he's alone at that moment. It's like the, the Emperor says um, there's that bit in Master of Mankind uh, where Ra asks him, why didn't you see it? And he uses the, uh, he uses the sort of metaphor of um, climbing up a cliff and you can't see past that. Yeah. It's, you can't. You, 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 there's only so fit certain things you can sort of see and it's more immediate but, with Sanguinis, but, isn't it? Uh, I was thinking, like, how come... Conrad seems more sure about his future than uh, Sanguinius. Because he sees himself in his vision dying in his throne room surrounded by parts of his legion. Fighting an assassin. Well, not even fighting, really. He... No, well, no, he was... On the throne. He was, was going to get... Uh, he was going to be killed by the Emperor. Or like the Imperium. Or no, he was going to be killed by his father's hand. And the assassins think... are part of his father's hand. I think also that Conrad is a bit more introspective because Sanguinus has a lot of stuff going on. He's trying to lead. He's trying to organize. He's trying to go around fixing the galaxy. Curse kind of outsourced all of that stuff. It's just not focused on the bare essentials, making fun <laughs> yeah. of his brothers. Yeah, I think you've got. I think you, yeah, he's not. He's not that bothered, is he? He's, no. uh, 
He's, mm. his, his, his inner workings is not his problem. Sanguinar's like, oh no, my sons, they are plagued. They are besieged by the cruel fates of destiny. And Curse is more or less like, <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> well, it, it, it could be that, you know, he, he's kind of focusing. Maybe that gives him not the chance. Like, Kendrick, he's often sitting in his little dark rooms analyzing what the fuck he's seeing while uh, Sanguinius never never properly goes into his entire skill and have a look. Yeah. No, because I think it's been established that most of the Primarchs are of equal intelligence, but they have a different application. I mean, yeah. full, we like make fun of it, but Fulgrim is just as intelligent as any other, but he applies himself differently. He applies himself to perfection, and Volcom applies himself to forging. So obviously Fulgrim... No, obviously, like, Conrad Curse is focusing on trying to understand and seeing what he's doing, but Sanguinus has to be a father, and he has to manage logistics. He has to do a lot of things, so he doesn't really have the time. I think you're entirely right. I think you've read... So Sanguinus is really just think... a, uh, like a, you know, a parent. Uh, a also, young parent with two children. Also, uh, the difference between the visions that's been explained in the fluff so far is that uh, Sanguinus sees the moment of his death uh, whereas Conrad sees the entire from the moment Imperium falls into chaos, well spoken. He, he sees everything that happens, but in scrambled up visiony ways. He sees a galaxy at war as starts turning on one another. Death awaiting him at his father's hands is part of his visions. Whereas Sanguinio sees his death over and over again in his visions. And it tries to change the outcome all of, every time, but it not, doesn't really happen that way until later on. It doesn't really matter at that point. Yeah. Oh, I know that was just a sidetrack. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just a good question. Still. Yeah. Just like Chris said before, to tie into the literary theme of Conrad Curse from Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, I think. It's still in the fluff, right? That is the last words are the horror, isn't it? Just like in the end of the book. Mm. Are those still the last words of Conrad Kurtz? I'm not or sure, did they change actually. it? You mean like uh, Apocalypse Now? Yeah, yeah the yeah, book the... is called Heart of Darkness and the movie is Apocalypse Now. You're entirely correct. And the, uh, that's why the assassin M. Shen is Martin Sheen. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's really funny. I love... Yeah, I like that. And it's also funny because if you think about it, basically, the both the book and the movie and the primer comes to the same end. They realize that they are the end of a tool who doesn't understand his purpose but will do it just as effectively as he is. Yeah. Yes. And this, the fact that uh, Michelle's video log, the last video log with the sound in that is, your presence does not surprise me, assassin. I've known you for, I've known of you forever since you craft entered the East Fringes. Why did I not have you killed? Because your mission and the act you are about to commit proves the truth of all I have ever said or done. I merely yeah. punish those who have wronged you, just as your false emperor now seeks to punish me. Death is nothing compared to vindic- vindication. Which is such a badass line. I'm sorry. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> and then he loses his head. Yeah. But on the other hand, he probably lets her in some way because he knows that it's going to die. So Which the, is weird because he's kind of fulfilling his own prophecy. Yeah, but on the other hand, might the prophecy force him to fulfill it? 
he might have seen it so many times that there is no other way out for him on this mission, this moment. I'm, I'm going, oh. Even though I said that we should move on from the newer books, uh, in Ruin Storm there is a moment where Sanguinius realizes that it might not be the end. The, the vision might not yeah. be the end that is. Which coming. is also super interesting. Yeah. And yeah. that's the difference between their visions at the end. And yeah. that's. But, but couldn't it be that because that's where basically he, he can't see anything beyond that point? And that's why he's scared. So, because he has no visions, he has no, you know, views about the future. So he's just going to let this happen anyway. Yeah, that's uh, a bit uh, like uh, what came first, basically. Yeah. Is it a prophecy that killed him, or did he let the prophecy kill him? Yeah, and okay. also that's the way. If you see in Room in Storm, sorry, still a new book, but if you see Room in Storm, you see it that he says that I've lived my entire life being who I am, doing what it is because I knew what would happen, what would be. To him, the worst thing would be to know that wait. I did all these horrible things because I chose to. I am who I am through my choice, not devising a creation, which affects him. If you want to know how it affects him, read the book. <laughs> living <laughs> Sorry. might yeah. live, continue living might have been yeah. the worst thing for him. Yeah. Oh, should we move on from there, Chris? Sorry. Yeah, I think we should uh, just mention. I, just, uh, well, just, yep. Yeah. No, no. Just to say, like in regards to the books and like the psychology of like Curse kind of plays on into his Legion and um, the Night Lord Aaron Dembski Bowen's Night Lord trilogy. I, I cannot recommend that enough to read as well for like getting insight to how that Legion works and the thinking and how they sort of think about their Primarch who is dead at that point. It's it's um it's really, really, really good stuff. I would even recommend reading the older book, Lord of the Night. Yeah, that's a great but book. But don't have a, an outlook that it will be bad as Bowden levels of evil Night Lords because Josal isn't really evil at this point. He's a wicked character, though. Yeah. That, that's a good book. He was, yeah. As it basically says on the back of the book, he was gone for 10,000 years. Yeah. I can tell you exactly how I felt by the Night Lord's omnibus in one to three days, which is when my when my edition arrives. <laughs> <laughs> my omnibus Night Lord has been shipped and will arrive in one to three days. <laughs> it, will get, it will get lost in the, the postal system. Well, now we have to find a postal worker and ask that person how you look where. Should we move on to the rules? Yeah, yeah I think we yeah, should move, exactly. move on. We should just uh, mention uh, uh, a book called Nostromo. But, and yes. I can't yeah. remember the rest of the title, but it's, but it's by Joseph Conrad and it's from the early 19th century. Wait, uh, 20th century it is. And I had not read it until you recommended it to me, and I liked it. I may have looked on the Black Library when I didn't realize at first that it was not a a book from the Black Library. Well, I did link it from the Gutenberg Project, which is uh, the ebook for free on the internet, because it's over 100 years old. It's a really good book because it handles the corruption that surrounds Nostramo. If you ever wanted to understand the average citizen as opposed to Night Lords or Conrad Curse, read Nostramo. It's also a really good invention and look into the human psychology in regards to accomplishment and disgruntlement. It also contains uh, a pile of corrupted officials, gangs, and uh, a precious metal. 
if we, we want to continue yeah. to think of it. Huh? What did you say? Where do you think they got these ideas from? That's yeah. brilliant. Especially since it's also called it's also called Nostromo by Joseph Conrad. <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, a good uh, inspiration for the story, but it's not a word for word retelling that GW have done with uh, Conrad Curse. So it no. has a base in a story which is really good, but you shouldn't read it as a base for a Night Lord story because it isn't really that bloody. No. Thankfully. No. It no. would be weird. Or you, or you can just follow my personal Facebook page. That's probably <laughs> no drama. Isn't that mainly photos of you and family-friendly stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no drama. Well, if you can also look at the basement cam... Uh, uh, <laughs> set up. That's enough. Uh, you told me that was confidential, Freddy. Mm. <laughs> we That's shared true. feelings. I know we shared more than that, mate. But anyway, we should probably. I'm gonna do like this. We're out. gonna, since we have been talking for a bit, we're gonna have a quick musical break, and we'll be right back.
Sigismund. What have you done? And welcome back from that brilliant musical break, which I have no real recollection of actually choosing, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it moved us all, didn't it? I, I yeah, it was, it was one of the most moving songs. It might have had something to do with flaying or stabbing mm. or burning or... I like the chords and then the sounds with the voice. Yeah, that was my favorite part. It was, it was, and the and the repetitive beats. It, oh yeah, it was weird how they were starting to sing about kittens and ponies in the middle. Yeah, well, but uh, let's move on and continue with uh, the army lists for the night lords. And I'm gonna put down this topic to you too because you do know more about it, obviously, because that's why yeah. you're on. And we're going to start off with the Legion rules. Yes, the yeah. Legion rules. Dom, do you want to start? We can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about my favorite rule. Um, absolutely love it in regards to... Reach. Yeah, talent for murder. Yes. Best thing ever. Um, basically, if you outnumber your opponent, then you, are, you have plus one to hit and plus one to wound. Um, it is... I mean, uh, what the Chris? What's the exact? It's it's depending on the on the number uh, of models at yeah. any initiative step. Yeah, and you also got uh, bulky models for two models yes. and very yes. bulky for two three. and very bulky for three. Yeah, it's just like in the transports. <laughs> but as a result, um, I have two twenty-man tactical squads. I have a twenty-man assault squad. I have full fifteen-man raptors. I I maximize the hell out of that so that when you're in combat. It's it's absolutely horrendous. It's really effective. You get a few if you get some chain legs. Well, we'll get to those in a bit. But you put some decent weapons in there, and you are you are having a good time. Which is just really thematic with the Night Lords in that they fight dirty. They, you yeah. know they they they're always going to try and um, they're not as they're not as good or, and proficient as some of the other legions. And that's not attacking them. It's they kind of recognise that, so they play to their strengths, and that's fighting dirty. Yeah, and you yeah. should play to your strength. And they are basically gang fighters from the beginning. Yes, they are. So yes, exactly. Makes sense. So, like Dom said, this is something that comes up a lot more often than you thought. If you have jet bikes, like he and I both have, that's three models apiece. So if you have three jet bike, which is minimum size, you can fight nine man strong marine units and get plus one to hit and to wound. And I want to remind you as a player that this counts for melter bombs as well. Not against vehicles, but against, say, you know, Mechanicum. Or walkers, anything really. The sky's the limit. Does that count with uh, normal bikes as well, or just jet bikes? No, it should be normal bikes as well. They're very bulky, aren't they? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, the. At least when you try to As long as they have the Legion of Stardust Night Lords rule. That's all that's required. I gave this some thought yesterday, and Dom, feel free to interrupt me because anyone who's ever met me knows I keep going on, which I do. Oh, okay, sorry, mate. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> the thing with the Night Lord special rule is it's not only very obiquitous, it will not be denied. I mean, not to have a go at other legions, but if you look at, say, Empress Children, you have to charge to get it off. With Night Lords, you always have it. Kill yeah. a guy with a, a sword, and you can get it for the fist. Any initiative step. It's hard to remember, but when you can't get it right, it's almost always useful. Like, you have some legions where you have to be on the charge, you have to have, <clears throat> say, you have to be pinned, you have to have psychic powers, not here. You are a dirty gang fighter who trick people, you look for weaknesses, you shank them in a prison riot, that is what you do. 
and you yeah. can almost always use it. It's great. And it's what's so great about it is you might go up against a superior sort of fighting unit yeah. and they might beat you. They might cause more damage to you than you necessarily do to them. But then at the end of that fight, you count your models. Yeah, yeah I still outnumber you. Let's keep <laughs> So we'll keep rolling yeah. that roll. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> also, I mean, we've probably all played these really grinding games where at the end you only have small part units running around. <laughs> I've had it happen where someone with like three or four veterans charge my rapiers and surprise surprise they're very bulky so I actually had an easier time of hitting him than he had hitting me because <laughs> my crew basically stepped off and shanked him in the, the <laughs> islands so he fled off the table that's and that's another point for me yeah because when I played Freddy last week I forgot this rule a couple of times that's and he still lost well he had yeah. a lot of bad luck uh-huh. <laughs> did he keep yelling perfection and roll once? No, he didn't, but he played the uh, Raven card. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's a perfection <laughs> in him. This, yeah. this is stronger than you can think. I mean, it's, it's re- you really can't oversell it, and it seems so humble on paper. It's like, oh, you get plus one to hit, plus one to wound. Marine on marine combat is really just a, a question of grinding you down with attacks, and this will give you easier time to hit. I and say we could uh, talk about this one a bit more when we talk lists later. Yes, we can. And we can put yeah. it in context. I'm going to bring up two special rules next, just yeah, for the sake of brevity. The first one is, and this is important because a lot of people misinterpret it, your entire detachment has night vision. Yep. This makes a difference because usually it's like, oh, I get night vision. No, wait, my contemptor doesn't. It sure does. There's an astronomer in there. Oh, my predator doesn't get it, it. You get a cover save turn one. No, no, he doesn't. There's a Nostroman in there. This is a man's vehicle. You shot through that building and you walk through the night with no fear because there is not worse than you. Oh, your plasma executioner gives you a cover save. Nope, it gives me a cover save. You get not. I have night vision. Uh, most notably for contemptors because they they can move through pretty much anything. But that's so try why remember. you shouldn't face people with ilum flares and stuff like that then. No, but it also comes up when you face, again, I'm going to say Mechanicum, and I've never faced Custodes, but try to use it to your advantage. Uh, the second one is... <laughs> yeah, well, Chris, if you're going to play like a Night Lord, you'll never play Custodes. No, it's true. You <laughs> yes. run away. You could yeah, uh, steal that. their weapons and make fancy shades out of them. Oh, God, yes. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay, the second one is... <laughs> when you run away from combat you always run one inch longer. I forgot about that rule. That, yeah. yeah. And you always will. And this comes up very rarely, but it does come up with the next rule. If somebody pins you, like with a Mahler bolt cannon or an Eliastus pattern bolt cannon or a shrapnel pattern bolt shells, instead of being pinned, you can choose to withdraw. Now, looking on paper, you'll ask, why would I possibly run away Instead of just lying down and taking cover. Because you're a night lord, goddammit. And that means you run away, and when they try to charge you, you laugh, you turn around, and you charge them. Again, it doesn't look super powerful, but it gives you more tactical flexibility in regards as to how you can dictate combat. It means that if somebody tries to pin you down and charge you, you can choose to not do that. Which comes up sometimes, but in grinding combats against marines, it will be useful. This is uh, something that can be seen as... How often have you not seen like a budding superhero chasing down like two villains <laughs> down an alleyway and just end up facing 20 of them? Yeah. yeah. 
it's and nobody roots for a superhero. Well, it's just that uh, gang mentality. You have to take yeah. uh, everything is. It's like that scene in t- in the uh, original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie when Raphael's on the roof, and uh, yes, the hell kicked out of him. Except in this case, he'd be stabbed to death. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Do you want to pick Dom? I'll leave the last one to you. Do you want to take the downside? Seeds of Descent. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. You know what? I haven't got the rules in front of me, mate. I'll do it wrong. You, you go with it, mate. I'll you just also yeah. have the From the Shadows. So there are two. Yeah, that's true. Uh, from the Shadows is you get a five plus cover save on turn one. It's because automatic night fighting, isn't it? Yeah. And that's uh, um, something no. that bestows suddenly. It's not automatic night fighting. It's not. They just uh, stand in the middle of nowhere, and you still get. Uh, yes, and you know why this is so good, and it's so easy to mistake because if you get night fighting. It adds to that. And if you have stealth. Yes, it adds to that. If you have something... I've used this my advantage once or twice. If you have night fighting and you stand in cover and it's the first turn, you can get a two-plus cover save. Well, not if you stand in cover, but unless the, if the covers, regular cover save is higher, it negates the... Yeah, that's turn. true. Because this rule can be combined with the effect of stealth, etc. As normal, but other forms of cover the model might be in, which provide a, ho- a higher save supersede it. That's true. So, well spotted. But you can still uh, combine it with stealth and uh, all of that to make uh, make your unit not die on turn one if it's <laughs> in the open. Which is really useful. More times than you think. Particularly in, say, AP-free rich environment. <laughs> yeah. Which is a lot of weapon. Uh, but also in the Centurion. Because you have to remember, in Centurion people are not going to be able to levy a lot of AP-free AP-2. But now you get a five plus cover save, even when they do. I, I would say actually the Night Lords excel for excel in the game like it's Centurion. It's uh, it's definitely something where they they would they it's straight place of their strengths. Yeah, uh, there's also the last rule which ties into the fact that you are a gang ruled by fear, charisma, and sheer authority. When your warlord dies, <laughs> oh god, it stinks! You have to take a leadership test for every unit remaining. Yep. There you go. That is also a good tip for someone facing Night Lords. Try to kill the Warlord. Yes. Uh, it's the same thing like for Thousand Sons. <laughs> yeah. Kill, kill the it's head. It's the same thing for old Vampire Council armies as well. Kill yeah, the vamp- used- Vampire Necromancer and everyone just crumbles. Yeah, I used to play them, so I know this pain. <laughs> so, but also, this helps you negate it because this is your biggest drawback. It's a big one. It is a big one. But you can work around it. You can start in deep strike. You can have a proper unit. You can hide him in twenty a uh, unit of twenty bodies with an uh, apothecary if you want to. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, that hurts. That's, that's I, 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 would argue, <laughs> I would argue that this drawback makes you play them more in spirit with what they are because you might not tool up your warlord to go toe to toe with you know any other warlord because you know that maybe you know. You probably won't win that for survival. Yeah, instead of not just combat. I um, I actually, I mean, it's it's a little bit off off topic, but I think something that Night Lord should be able to do um, is decline challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would I'd be like fluffy. Take, yeah, I also think on the roll of a six, as they decline a challenge, they can inflict a wound as if they're <laughs> shooting someone in the back. But that's probably a bit too far. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I would argue that something like. When you accept the challenge, you should be a rule called like the outstretched hand, the hidden blade or something yes, like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like basically, yeah, I'll accept your challenge. Here, let's shake hands like brothers. And as they reach for your hand, you stab them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, 
or they could automatically pass uh, a single uh, failed uh, yeah. lookout, sir. Exactly. Yeah, just, uh, or shoving someone else in, in front yeah, of Yeah, divine. In- you remember the old divine intervention? Yes. Or like, uh, <laughs> or the actual lookouts are art where you could just move a wound over to a guy. Yeah, or, yeah. or the one from uh, the old orc army in fantasy. Yeah. Where basically took a goblin and put them in front of you. So, yeah, now I'm going to take a bullet for the team by talking about one of the two pieces of war we get, and I'm going to take the bad one. Trophies oh. of Judgment. Oh, it, my. It's not great. It gets you fear. Well, uh, if, if you play, yeah, if you play Raptor Cult, you can get it for everything. Otherwise, it's restricted to independent characters. But you this, know what? Sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, so, sorry. Continue. Uh, yeah. if, if you have terror assault units, you should remember that all your terror units have fear anyway. So, you know, there's not really a point. I buy this sometimes because it's five points. And if you ever, ever make someone pa- fail a fear test, it's kind of worth it. It's I have not in any of my games seen that happen, though. It's all also quite common to end up with those five points, you know, like yeah. you're at 2,995 points and you need those five points. Because technically you can't that... unlock uh, your Lord of War slot unless you're at 3,000 points equal. Even. And you're never going to need that searchlight, will you? Do you know why? Because you're a fucking astronomer, you badass. I, I would love to just have one with a searchlight. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say something no. yeah. Or just to shine it under their chins to make them look more sinister. <laughs> just uh, like sitting around a campfire with a yeah. flashlight. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. But you know what I want to see now? I want to see fucking you grab, uh, make a command rhino. Then put on a fucking massive searchlight, like the Batman one, but you put on the Night Lord fucking symbol instead. Or just uh, uh, the outline of curse. It's made out of dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think we touched on this one earlier, and then this one would be a really good uh, conversion opportunity. Oh, yes. I was thinking we'd get to that later when we talk about painting, but you're entirely right. Just mention it now, so it's a really cool... Thing and the, another piece of their little equipment list is also quite cool. Dom, how about yeah, uh, taking it away? Just just one thing with regards to trophies of judgment um, and the ability to cause fear, which is very cool. Um, it is completely wasted against the salamanders. <laughs> <laughs> um, I regularly fight the salamanders, and they are basically night lord proof in regards to that rule. <laughs> But, um, well, yeah. They even got the fire to keep, keep the darkness away. Yeah, <laughs> their eyes are literally red flames, aren't they? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but have you pointed out that if you play the, the Salamander, you're a terrible hypocrite, and thusly you win the, the moral high ground? Yeah, I, would, yeah, I continuously win, win moral high grounds with these guys. I mean, I don't actually win the games, but <laughs> my, moral, my moral high ground is right up there. It's really high. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, but actually, um, in regards to gear, the Strahman chain gloves. Yes. Uh, they are the coolest things in the world. Um, my mind's just gone blank on what they what their stats can be. They do they do rending. Plus don't one they? AP three. Strength, rending, yeah, strength plus one AP three two handed. Yeah, they are they are great. <laughs> um, in, in particular, with some of the squ- I, I use them in um, uh, a night raptor. Are we talking about units? Yeah, we're we just talking about their. Uh, yes, they're just talking the about gear. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just for the effectiveness, for because you can hurt vehicles with them. You can, I'm like a contempt. You can glance it. You, but you could, but the damage you can do on infantry while you're fighting as well. Just really an awesome, awesome weapon. And the conversion opportunities for this well, one as well. 
Oh yeah, we're, sa- we're saving that, aren't we? We're saving yeah, we, that. We'll let's save that one. And then so you we're have, going on to units. Well, they have one more piece of war gear that they're one of the few legions that get. Yes, teleport homers. And that is uh, fifteen points for a squad of terminators or yes. a, a night lord independent character in terminator armor for ten points, and that gives you yeah. deep strike for the unit. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing where I play a bit stupid. I'm actually very stupid, but I'm gonna play a bit more stupid. Dom Dominic, my dear friend. Yes, my if friend. I have a unit with teleport homers, can I really put a sh- like a Terminator captain in there? What in the actual unit? Yeah, character? doesn't he need to have one too? He uh he doesn't, does he? No, he doesn't. Ah. Which is relevant because otherwise you would not be able to put, say, put a Tribune in there, or like a Cataphract Determinator, anything. No. So remember that you are not prohibited. Okay. okay. Unlike Sevatar with Terror Troops. <laughs> well, you could, you could just put. Uh... <laughs> We're about that. Yeah, I'm very bitter. It's all right, mate. I mean, it could be worse. Terror Troops could only be allowed to take one means of transport. Oh. Stop, please. <laughs> But on the other hand, you could just That's take... That's why I don't have any. You could just take one Praetor with a teleport homer in a Terminator homer and just drop him <laughs> on his own. Yeah, you could. To really yeah. make up for that bonus of uh, outnumbering. Can I now speak of one of my favorite units in the game? Yeah. I'm like rearing to go, put me in, coach. Let's speak about terror troops. Well, we could uh, start with... Uh, let's, go, let's just run down the... Right, the warfare's because they go okay. quite faster just to have them done. You so want to do your favorite, Tom? <laughs> uh, well, I um, I actually tend not to play uh, the way my army is structured at the moment. I don't tend to play the right of war as much. I uh, I play it more of um, I tend to I tend to use more of the basic troops, but I've got a splatter of Night Lord special rules thrown in there. Yeah. But okay. I guess if I was to use them, I probably would. Use, is it Raptor Cult? Yep. Yeah, that's the one where I can use... Um, well, uh, Horror Cult. Oh, Horror that's the one, sorry. Um, and I think if I'm right, Raptor, uh, uh, Raptors are troops. Yes. But I can, yep. I can only take one heavy support? No, that's for uh, that's actually that's for terror. terror Assault. That's Terror Assault, sorry. You get, uh, raptors as troops, you get uh, the thing that you can upgrade any squad with uh, Trophies of Judgment for 25 points, and... Uh, <laughs> Any infantry squad of ten or more models in this detachment may take a Caribdis assault claw as a dedicated transport. Yeah, that's that's probably why I don't um, use that one much. But it's it's not terrible. It's just Raptors are very expensive. Um, it's it, yeah, it doesn't and it just it, the points wise, it just didn't really work for me. Yeah, and to make it worse, you have to charge a unit if you can harm it if they're yeah. within twelve inches. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And you, well, you can't take any fortifications, but that That's makes sense, I think. Yeah, you can't. Uh, and, you can't be loyalist either. And what you need to remember for this one and the next right of war is: you may not take Space Marine allies. You want insert. You want insane beep boop murder bots. You can do it. You want slave and frightened human militia cowering in front of you, running towards enemy guns. You can do it. You want a night house. You can do it. Just send in uh, some uh, Ferox Thalax. Yeah, entirely true. Because they uh, almost have uh, chain leaves, after all. Yeah. And also, if... <laughs> yeah. Can, should I go... For, sorry, Tom. 
Yes, I like that. How do, you, how, do you, just gonna say, how do you two rate this one, Horror Cult? Would anyone one of you actually play it? Uh, I would not. Say again, mate. Sorry, I didn't get that bit. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> would you play would Horror not. Cult, any of you? <laughs> Tom? Say, would I play Horror Cult? Yeah. <laughs> no. <Probably. laughs> it, it, it's just dragging, dragging it out, mate. Being an asshole. I know. It's comedic effect. Repetition is for comedic effect. <laughs> it's one of the. It's one of the basics of comedy. Repetition. Yeah. yeah and Good. then the rule of three, right? Rule of three. Yeah. The rule of three. Uh, is it rule of three? The rule of three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to terror assault before we. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know I'm not just speaking for myself. I know a lot of people, when they start looking at 30K Night Lords, do it the wrong way around, like I did. They look at Terror Assault, and they think, this is super fluffy. It is super cool. It lets me take elite Terror Assault units as troops. And I really want to do it. Because I don't know about a lot of people listening to this. If you're on the fence, it is a super fluffy way to play. It lets you dictate battle. It's super cool. With that said, as Pelle said to me when I started doing it, it will be fun. You're going to play it well, but it's not going to win you a lot of games. Just your forewarned. It has some pretty heavy restrictions. So I'm going to start conventionally with the bad stuff. You cannot have any Space Marine allies. You cannot have fortifications. And here's the real kicker. You can only have one heavy support slot. One. Nothing else. This is very important because in a tank and armor heavy metal like most 30k areas have, you're going to be limited not only in the heavy support list, but also in every other list item that you have because you're going to need to try and weigh up for that. It's probably going to edge into your fast assault attack or your elites. And you need the elites and you need the fast attack. Trust me on that. Or you're going to get bogged down and slow, which is not what you want to do with this unit. Well, technically you could... Can you take Crassus uh, as Lord of War? Two of yes. Them? So you can transport all of your units inside of yeah, quite you bad can, transport? You can take a Lord of War still, which is very relevant. Uh, you could take uh, you could take free flyers, you could take free tanks, you could take a knight. You can do that, just so you know. But you can only have one heavy support slot, which is an issue to most people. Yeah. Uh, I, I chose this list purely on fluff, so I'm going to come back to my choice when we do lists, but you should be aware that the way to build this list is to ameliorate your anti-armor ability. Don't get too focused on it. You don't have to fill up your fast attack with anti-tank items. You can work around it. So what are the good things? Well, first we have another, depending on how you like it, it's going to be good or bad. You have to take terror squads as a compulsory troop, and you have to have a minimum of three of them. Now, anyone who's ever played it has a gripe because terror troops are very expensive and they're very limited in their versatility. They're basically veterans with a lot of special rules who have a limited choice of weaponry. Tell them what gun they can take, Chris. They can all take the Volkai Charger. Yeah! <laughs> yes. We prefer enemy. Yes, you have preferred enemy. And that's you should know this. You have a lot of special rules. You have preferred enemy, which is re-rolling ones to hit and to wound. 
you can add that to your <laughs> to your Night Lord special rule, which is really good. You get infiltrate, which is also very useful because you use it for outflanking. You have fear, again, very useful because you don't have to pay for it. And here's the second thing you should know. You have free attack space. Two on the model, and you always have a bolt pistol and a chainsword. If you charge, that's four <laughs> preferred enemy attacks. If you take a chain glaive, you only get three, but they're rending, because you lose one from the two-hander rule. That being said, I love playing Terror Assault. I'm sorry, there's no way around. I love playing it. It's super fluffy. Uh, you should also know that I'm kind of biased. I just shouted, I love Terror Assault, so you know. Bias is going to be a thing here, but before we get too far into the love of terror assault, yes, let's, let's go, go through, through the rest of the rules so yeah. we can talk about uh, it later. Your tacticals, vets, and terror squads can take dread claws or drop pods, mm. which is uh, a change. You can't give it to tactical support squads, which I know is something a lot of people try to do. Just so you know, uh, you also have a rule called cover of darkness, which means that on the first turn you roll a dice. On a two plus, there's night fighting. On the second turn, it's a 4+. plus. On the third turn, it's a 6+. plus. As long as you have Cover of Darkness, you gain one initiative and add one to run. I need you to read that again. You gain one to initiative. Now, this is really important because it lets you hit first preferred enemy attacks on turn 2. A turn 2 charge is not unfeasible for you, regardless if you have drop pods. I recently fought a game against Empress Children at our club where he drove up super close and shot me with like, I think, four or five plasma bikes. And I think I took like a ridiculous amount of saves, 27. So I started like removing my entire Raptor unit. And then he's like, but wait, don't you get some kind of weird cover save? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, turned out I had a free plus cover save. So one model died. Then I charged in. And I wiped that entire unit. And I wiped another one. Because you have initiative 5. You strike before them. If you charge Empress Children, you have the great initiative. If they charge you, you strike simultaneously, which is a pretty big thing. This is useful against Marines and, of course, Mechanicum. <clears throat> against, to be honest, against Talons of the Emperor, it evens the odds at best. But it will even the odds. And I seeing as how much... Yeah, you still die, but it gives you a fighting chance. Barely. Yeah, but still, never forget this, because it compounds with the From the Shadows cover save from turn one. And beyond that, you have night vision. You can see in the dark, you are the terror. Man, that's Darkwing Duck, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, you are the night, you are the terror. I really like this, and I only play it so far. Is, so we'll come back. is it Jager Faran som vakar i natten? Ja, det är det. There's another thing you should know. You're only allowed console. Yeah, the, that's the downside. Yes. That you have to take, as you mentioned, that you have to take three uh, terror, terror scores because you have to take uh, an additional combo or a troop choice. It's not uh, it's a, not an additional troop choice, but you have to take yeah. a compulsory yeah. one. And they are the compulsory ones. Yeah, we'll come back to the terror squads, I guess, after this. But the terror assault is super fluffy. It's not super powerful, but it works out. If you want to set up a perfect Nightlord's ambush, if you want to have like the, the closing of the noose, if you want to have harassment of your enemy and just placing units as you see fit, this is for you. It's super I, um, fl fluffy. 
Yeah, I um, I had a because I didn't really used to play Terror Squads. Um, I've never, well, I've never actually played one. I've only recently started to make one, and um, it was against uh, it was Julius um, at Scandus who used his uh, Night Lord army, and basically bitch slapped my command squad with a terror <laughs> squad that came out of nowhere. Volkited, preferred enemy, and I was in such awe of the effectiveness. If you use it in exactly the way Chris said, using it, he played it fluffy and just they were well equipped. And like I said, beat beat the crap out of a command squad. That's that that is awesome. You know, it's yeah, very good. Yeah, that being said, you'll suffer from a lot of the drawbacks from conventional veteran squads. Oh, yeah. You need to really choose where you fight. You can't just throw everything at your enemy like I've done and say, yeah. well, I'm going to wipe out everything. No. It's also, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it's also worth pointing, saying as well that he, my army was almost entirely made up of armor 14, and he, he had a lot of trouble with that. So, <laughs> But uh, speaking of, uh, what uh, kind of uh, army would you... Just a quick, just a quick one because we're going to talk armies later. But if you're going to build, like we have for Lincoln, the event there, we have a 1500 point limit with Centurion. Would this one be good for that? For that one? Mm, no, it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not just from I want to win because we all know that the Horus Heresy events are just for winning. That's what you get trophies for, and it means you can that, go home and practice. That's uh, what you get uh, cheese graters for. <laughs> and spatulas. That's for, no, that's uh, for not for winning. It's all about being at top of the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, and slaves like me build that pyramid, so you better appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, no, but uh, joking aside, you have strength 5, AP 5, 2 shots... If you have a 10-man unit, that's 20 shots plus an apothecary who I always give a Volkite Charger. On assault weapons. It, yes, on assault weapons. And if you have an apothecary, I don't know about Dom, but all my apothecaries are expected to carry their weight, so they all have <laughs> Nostrum and Chain Glaives and a Volkite Charger. Oh, well, uh, actually, they don't have Volkite Chargers, but they carry Nostrum and Chain Glaives. And unrelated, I've suddenly decided to start giving my apothecaries uh, Volkite Chargers. My man. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, since we are talking about them, we could just move on to the next step step on this list we're going through, which is terror squads. Yes. Now, you might be on the fence, like, should I bring them, should I not? Let me tell you something. Terror squads, where it's your time to shine, baby. You are a rock star, and it's time to show it. Because you have to remember, the terror squads are hand-picked specialist guerrilla troops from the Night Lords. In a unit, no, take that, in a legion of specialized lateral warfare guys, these are the creme de la creme of insane backstabbing murders. I said before that, like, they have death duels. I'm not kidding you. The leader of a terror unit is known as an executioner. Because that's what you do, you execute plans. Uh, actually, the leader is called a headsman. Oh, yeah, that's true. The, the, the rest of the, the unit is called executioner. Execution. Yeah. yeah, so that's how he gets that position. And like what I'm trying to come at is not only are they fun to play, this is where you can just convert a lot of things. Black shoulder pads, armor plates, trophies. These are unconventional warriors. So if someone says like, oh, they don't really look like marine line units, they're not. My guys eat line units and make <laughs> trophies of them. I'm sorry, but it's what they are in the fluff. And That's what they do, yeah. This they, is what they, they do. They do work experience in the council as public <laughs> servants. They they are fucking badass. They they, they are. are terror you easily. 
So you mean you shouldn't give them a rotor cannon then? <laughs> you, no, you can give them a flamer, one flamer, one rotor cannon, or what's the third one? Uh, you can give, you can upgrade them with uh, bolt guns, heavy chain blades, rocket chargers, or rotor cannons, or yeah. flamers. But oh, rotor cannons I, and flamers are only, yeah. as I said, one model in the unit, so it doesn't matter if you add five extra guys, because you only get one flamer. Yes, but I, everyone I, can have I a heavy chain blade. I have yet to seen a rotor cannon in this unit. I've seen one. Uh, I've seen, I saw, I saw I've the rotor cannon, cannon once. Yeah, <laughs> he got stabbed. No, but like, <laughs> you might be thinking, why would I give them a bolt gun or a rotor cannon? And it's because sometimes you run out of points. And also, from a modeling perspective, if you do what I did, I, I built 30 Terra Marines, all of them have chargers or flamers. I'm very locked into what kind of list I can build. I'm okay with that, but if I want to try something different, I'm, I can't. So unless you're great at magnets, try to think as you build them. Also, you're going to want to stock up on heavy chain blades. I would recommend either Puppet Wars or Anvil Industries, because everyone in the unit can take one. I think you should one. buy that set with uh, one chain, heavy, heavy <laughs> chain blade in. You know, I did that actually. I have two I of 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of modeling, I'm sorry if I'm going over. Just I'm just counting you guys to rain. Go me on, in. go on. Uh, yeah. Go on. yeah. Just, uh, if you buy the weapon upgrade kit, you'll get a lot of thematic stuff. Like, oh, I sorted no. in editing later. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher wasn't in this show. <laughs> no, you get like knives held the wrong way up, and you get twisted blades that look Asian. You can ship these very easily with a hobby knife. You can make not uniform weaponry go crazy. This is your time to really modeling shine. They all have fear as well, so you can do that if you want. If you're doing it on a budget, just get like a fucking spear or something, chop that up and put like a chainsaw on top of it. Or all of those uh, banners. Are we going going into modeling now or are we we discussing... Um, oh, uh, so you want to talk now, Dom? That's up, no, to, that's up to you I'm two. Sorry. If you no, want no, to discuss the modeling for this squad, do it. Yes, please do. Yours are great. Sorry, and now you got so fucking quiet then. No, I, I didn't hear you guys then, sorry. Well, uh, if you t- want to... Tell us... Oh, well, I was just going to add into, like, with the converting and stuff, um, they're obviously harder to get hold of now that fantasy's kind of debunked, but if you get the undead armies... You, the uh, the zombie style armies and the skeleton warriors. There's tons of stuff you can just as trophies to hang off your night lords and weapons as well. Jagged knives, like like Chris was saying. There's so much stuff. They've even got tons of pikes, which you can then start to convert into chain blades. Yeah. There's there's so much potential for converting because one thing that the, that all of Warhammer does is skulls and gore. They really love it, and it's night lords thrive on it. So it's there's so much opportunity out there to convert and make it your own. And if you buy that uh, set with only skulls, you can cover them in skulls. Yeah, I, I did that, actually. I've, I've got a couple of piles of skulls that sit on my uh, my Vindicators. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I saw those earlier. They were, they were awesome. We need to make sure that the public in general gets hold of them, I think. Yeah, one of the thing with modeling for these guys is, since they all have fear, if you want to give them trophies, you can do it. But I know something that's really popular among most Night Lord players, and feel free to like rein me and Dom. Mm-hmm. I know everybody 
in this discussion is a better painter than me, but something that you can learn to do, which is a lot easier than it looks, is to paint skulls on ordinary Mark IV or Mark III armor on the helmet. It looks good, and it's easy to do. I would argue it's something that you should kind of be doing as part of the uniform look. Every every Space Marine I have in my Night Lord army has that. Um, It is really cool. Like you said, it's really effective. And the cool thing is... It doesn't have to look too polished because the idea is that they kind of dabbed it on the front of their face plates before going in or it's just as a decorative thing. And if it looks kind of crude, it sort of still works. It's the same I with think... uh, like bloody handprints and stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes, just, uh, that's it. There's a, isn't there a scene in uh, the, the Two Towers, the Lord of the Rings film, when yeah. they dab the white hand of Saruman on uh, yes. the Urukais? And that's basically how close to a hand you need to get. You need to get something that looks like a hand, dab it on in paint and then or paint it like it's dabbed on the armor. You don't have yeah. to make it exactly stylized yeah. because get a severed hand model and start dipping it in the paint and dipping it on yeah. all the models. Just get a severed hand. That's <laughs> yes. severed hand. Well they used to be in the zombie set. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're still, they, they yeah. still are because it's still the same old zombies kit yeah. since like two thousand and two. Yeah, but uh, I think there's sky's the limit on conversion, especially on these guys. Yeah, I mean, my my um, if you, I'll I'll post a few. Well, um, we I'll post a few on the Instagram, but I'll um, I'll I'll post them on the. You've got on your web on your Facebook page. I've got a a couple of indicators which I've just covered in corpses and chains, and I've just had people nailed to the front of it. uh, Chris was saying earlier about. Just nailing stuff to them. I've got um, yeah. it just everything's got got some kind of corpse hanging off it, and you can just you can really you can really give history and identity to your legion that way. Like one of my first ever games was against a world world eaters army, and um, really got along with a guy. We had a really good game, and afterwards he gave me one of his models purely to cut up so that I could crucify him on the front <laughs> of a dozer blade. You know, that's, that's really, really that's yeah, nice. Yeah. The worst part is that they remind me so much of my. Dark Elves they had for fantasy. Because they have banners with people on them. And, yeah, that's true. Uh, using uh, a one that they're basically, as a unit filler, people carrying a body on top of shields to use as uh, arrow deflection. Yeah. On that note, uh, I used to play Dark Eldar. If you know someone who plays Dark Eldar, they have a lot of kits that are like jagged blades, spikes, severed human pieces. Ask them. They'll have a bunch over or if you're really lucky and can get hold of the banner from Mangle uh, uh, Manhide's Manflayers, the latest version of the kit oh, which shit, was released yeah. about 12 years ago. It ha- the banner is actually modeled after someone's flayed skin that is still alive on the banner. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, another thing you should probably, you're going to want to learn when you paint your Night Lords is how to do lightning. There are oh. a lot of good ways to do this. Um, some people don't like <laughs> the decal sheet, but if you have Microsol and Microset, those decals go great on vehicles or Terminators. I've done it for mine. Isn't there uh, like a stencil on the edge brass? Yeah. yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I go for quite a simple um, fade up, so I use like ice blue um, on top of, um, as to do the outline, and then I'll just use a simple white and maybe I'll white on points to represent the strikes of energy and then yeah. a bit of a wash on there to rise it up um another thing i've been i've started doing with my models is that i i found with i don't know if you see this as well chris is that i find them to be a bit flat with the color 
Um, it just it's not been popping enough for me. So I've started experimenting with null oil to try and sort of give this sort of midnight murkiness to them. Um, and I'm still sort of working out the balance because they can be a bit shiny, but I've been liking the result. Sorry. Have you? What what I would have tried out, I haven't tried it, but this is stroke me like a, if if you get like a dark blue or not mm-hmm. not overly dark blue or like some sort of that has a really purpley bluish tang in, mm-hmm. and then you get some Tamiya smoke. Yeah. That. What's uh, what's Tamiya smoke? It, it's kind of to add on a smoke effect or like darken down um, uh, colors. Yeah. I, I where, would definitely where, can I, where can I get that from? Is that um, is that a particular a particular brand or is it? Oh, Tamiya brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a couple of good ways. If you want to learn how to do like a good night lord, I would recommend Apathetic Fish on YouTube. If I can shout him out, uh, I follow it and make some modifications. There's a really good Vallejo Air color named Midnight Angel, which is basically perfect for night lords. I use Midnight Angel. I use Lodern Blue for highlights. For lightning, I use my highlight color, then, like you said, electric blue, and then white, just as the crosses. Yeah. I think it works great. Some people use only white, which also looks good if you have darker panels. For Night Lords, I would say, if you want to make your tarot groups look very visually strikingly difficult from one, use the decal sheet here and there. Our greaves, gauntlets, shoulder pads have black panels, have white panels, make it be distinctive honors. I mean, it really works. They are not organized line troops. You don't have to have them be that either. This is where your creativity comes out. And I would recommend, from somebody who usually batch paints, I would say for the terror units, use them to do detail work. I mean, put some time into it. It's worth it, trust me. Yeah, I mean, you're only looking at about 30 guys on the board, really, at the most, yeah. at the most isn't it? And it's, 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 yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it for the effect and just to separate them. There is, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's coming across but the, from both myself and Chris is that it's so much fun to make this army. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the things that drew me to the Night Lords uh, before I really got into the fluff was how cool they looked. And this was yeah. before Horus Heresy. I thought they were a cool-looking legion uh, with, with just the color scheme and with the lightning effects. And it just the amount of I'm just the amount of well I'm just going to keep repeating what Chris has said. Just it, there is no limit to it. Just as long as you like keep that mind uh, that sort of what that character is you're trying to create with them. Yeah. Um, another I, I was at one of the Horus Heresy weekenders and I was chatting, chatting with some of the modelers there and they said something that's kind of cool that they were experimenting with their Night Lords was gang symbols to represent where yeah. they so you could put your squads together and. Just you can tell this. That's what's so great about the Horus Heresy and all the legions is you can give so much character to it. And the Night Lords were a numerous legion, even after Framus. Framus, they still had quite a few of them. Um, and there's just so much story and character you can inject into them. Yeah, I reckon One we should uh, continue yeah. with the units now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just uh, since we got a bit sidetracked in a good way, but yeah. let's go on to the Night Raptor squad. Yeah, Tom, you take it away. Uh, we're going with Night Raptors, right. Yep. Night Raptors are, um, they get um, plus D3 um, on the attack, uh, on the attack. So when you charge, you roll D3 and that's, uh, you may, you'll get that plus attack, uh, plus your, your base attacks. Yes. They can, they can, um, you can take 15 in a squad and I, I can't remember the sheer amount of attacks you can get from that. Um, Chris, number one, you're very good with this. How many attacks can you get with 15 Raptors from that? 
It's Ooh, pretty horrible. Uh... Six times fifteen. Yeah. It's it's um if you but if you're equipped ninety ninety yeah so um and you can include well, um, the way I run them I have about five Nostrum and chain glaives in there um units vaporize when I get into contact with them it's just uh, abs- when you get that attack absolutely amazing it's it's just horrendous they're really they're really good for that but they are fragile in that they're still a standard for Three plus save. Um, you've got to be careful as you're moving them around, and sort. Of, so I always put a Primus Medicare with them now, uh, just to sort of keep, give them a bit more of survivability because they're they're one of the most expensive units in the army. So just you, you kind of need to use them carefully. But yeah. once you once you hit a unit, uh, especially with Night Lords, I would say playing to the strength of the fluff, which what Chris has been saying as well. I will always try and attack weaker units with them. Because it's just one. That's what the Night Lords would do. But you, you know, you're guaranteed victories with that. But if I go up against um, a Terminators, well, the first time I ever properly used them, I went, I took them as an honor guard for Kurs, and I went up against Vulcan and the Fire Drakes, and that was not a good time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, when they're used right, they're just they, they are fantastic. But you've got to use them in a certain way. Entirely true. Yeah. I've, I wish there were more Night Lord units. I'm still waiting for the Atramenta to turn up. I uh, think we all are. I mean, yeah. I was expecting it in Angelus, but it's one of the most iconic Horus Heresy units for them. Yeah, it would. It, uh, it's probably good that they get some time to work on them properly, though. With, yeah. yeah. Well, and, the, and they're in the uh, right book as well. <laughs> so it be well, we, 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 did, we did get some hints at the weekenders that there will be some sort of units for both legions that we kind of have read about in the books. So we can just imagine what those units would be like. <laughs> so I, I think you will get what you want there. Yeah, you will get uh, the exalted one. <laughs> You'll get that super retarded villain from Ferris. Or you will just get the Talos. Yeah. Who knows? It would be cool, but would it be that useful? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, but what about special characters? Right. Go on, Chris. You want to talk about him? Go on. Ooh, I do. Yeah, I'm go Actually, on. I'm going to shock Dom and say, I want to talk about Kyrian Ophion. Yeah, but let's talk <laughs> with the, the Flame Master. Oh, the Flame Master. Because you two have forgotten <laughs> him all evening. Yeah, we have. We tried to reject his existence. Because he, he's not, yeah, he wasn't what we wanted. No. <laughs> But it's what we got. Yeah. Okay, so the Flame Master, real name is, um, is basically <laughs> no. His real name is Martyrim Lahansai, who is basically a former Primus Medicae who went too far. He can never be your warlord because it's pretty fluffy. Even the Night Lords have a limit to toleration for madness. <laughs> he is basically he has a satellite of Saturian with minus one ballistic skill. And attack, but he has a free plus five plus plus save. He has an architect pistol, which is you know cool, uh, but it's really just there to give him extra attacks on the close one, which he has with his super power scalpel, which has strength free and murder strike, which means that on a six to wound you get instant death, but it doesn't have rending. Rending. I mean, yeah, he can also reroll lookout source and feel no pain. I mean, he's fearless. I mean, that's it. Yeah. He he's not. 
this has been covered before by people more knowledgeable than me, but he's not technically a primus medicae, and it's not by rules as written no, a consul. Uh, so you can uh, uh, tell yourself. It's nothing of it. It's, no. It's just uh, got the... Uh, it's a regular centurion with an orthetecum. Yeah. Yeah, or Narfetium or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot about him in the fluff. Don would know. He's not in the. Um, he's not really featured in the books. Uh, I think he was created purely for for the rule books. I mean, it's not that I'm not that I'm against him, but I think you've sort of said it now. He doesn't really bring much to the table in what you can do with him. But he's kind of cool fluff wise. It yeah. depends on what sort of game you want to have with him. Um, but tournament wise, I don't think he's really someone you'll see. Which why he's not that popular, I suppose. If you play Centurion games and special characters are allowed, he would probably do decently. Yeah, yeah, I, he, I, can, I can agree with that. I reckon he would also make for a really good hobby project. Yes. Given yeah, that definitely. he has the special rules and stuff. Definitely. And all of the well, special weapon, architect pistol, all of that. But as you said, as, as you both, both seem to have an you know, opinion of, he's not that interesting. It's not interesting. I mean, with Nightlord, you get a flavorful unit where everybody's very characterful. Even Kerion Ophion, who I, I I really like him. He's the bee's knees to me, to piss off Dom. He's the cat's pajamas and other 1920s lingo. Hey, man, uh, we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. Yeah, because, I mean, he has a throwaway line in Prince of Crows. He's in 15 pages. But then you get book six, and basically he comes to the Stromo and tries to make shit work. He has like 20 pages of fighting... <laughs> Uh, action scars and it works out this guy does not have super engaging rules he does not have a lot of fluff and he, there's not really a lot of character for him isn't With it just that, a, that short story that they wrote about him isn't that it's, the only fucking fluff there is yes but yeah no no you go no no he's not he's not in any of the black library books i think he's only really featured in the um in the black books Okay, because yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was in that short story when they fucking destroy those ships and they jump into Istvan. They're, they're going to Istvan Five, and then he he's oh, like, when he's talking about this whole he is he's he is the apothecary. He runs around and shit. Oh, and I, must, stuff, and I then, must have missed it, mate. I might not have and read then, that. And, and then he fucking loses his mind there because he's like, this is wrong, and and then he kind of yeah. Well, the only uh, source I can find is in book. Two. two. Yeah, same here. Which is too bad, I mean. But there is also, like, a cool thing, because this means that you can basically make your own story for him. What happens to him? Nobody knew. What does he do after the heresy? You know. Was he at the Siege of Terra? Potentially. I know I sound like Alex Jones here, but it means that he doesn't really have a written slate. You can do what you want with him. Without being restricted. So let's move on to a more interesting character, then. Yeah, there's someone here named Jago. I can't pronounce it. Don, Sounds you take like it? a loser. <laughs> Isn't that uh, basically the parrot from uh, Aladdin? Oh, oh, I love yeah, Aladdin. Is, right? That's yeah. the best Disney film. Yeah, can't we just yeah. uh, replace uh, this character with a parrot? It, only if he has the voice of Gilbert Godfrey. That's, that's, right. that's, all, that's all that matters. Imagine if uh, the Prince of Crows had been read by <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> if I... <laughs> Curse! We gotta get the fleet destroyed! <laughs> oh, great idea, Curse! We'll just fight Dark Angels! Yeah. No. <laughs> oh no, here comes the lion! 
That's really good. For people that are listening to this, we are going to talk a bit about Sevatar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Dom, you do this. Your time to shine. Okay, um, we're going to look at his rules. Um, so in Fluffwise, uh, Jago Savatar is a psyker who's been repress- repressing his abilities. Um, and that's represented in his rules with... <laughs> where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Where is it in his rules? It's in the little rules bracket saying repress psyker. Yeah, I can't see it. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I can't. For some reason, I'm just not seeing it. I'm, I'm, uh, being, oh, you okay. take it, Chris. I can't see it. Sevatar, oh, this, this is Flame Master. No, no. <laughs> what a dumbass. Oh, so, no! <laughs> you, li- you liked him so much, you stuck to him. <laughs> anyway, he's under the rules of repressed Psyker. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, so he's a level one Psyker with the precog power. And um, divi- uh, divination, dis- divination discipline. Uh, however, he has longer. Yeah, so it, it goes for him. He has leadership value of where is he? Uh, Nine. Yeah, it's nine. Is it? You sure? Yeah. Okay. Very. <laughs> All right. You want to take it then? I'm missing out. Yeah, you can take all the relevant stuff and I'll just go for the boring, boring rules. He has leadership 9, he has 6 attacks, he has initiative 6, he has free wounds, toughness, he, the rest of it is basically a standard stat line except for you mean what's four this. Attack. Uh, 4 attack and base. Yeah, 4 attacks. 4 attack and base. Man. Yeah, yeah sorry, I was, reading, I was re- reading the, uh, the Psyker rule bit, I wasn't looking at his base stats. Um, Were you looking at the picture of him? Yeah, he looks so majestic and happy. Yes. It's like the, I love yes. the lines. Yeah, he has four attacks. Uh, he <laughs> does have a bolt pistol and his melee chain glaive, so he has six attacks on the charge. Uh, right with you, a mastercrafted as well. Yes, you so. get rerun with those. He has an iron halo. He has frag and crack. <clears throat> he does not have. He has a bolt pistol. That's it. No bolt gun. No Volca charger. No architect pistol. He has precision strikes. And he does have the Dirty Fighter rule. Do you want to go through that, Tom? Yeah, Dirty Fighter. So, Sevatar is one of the most dangerous hand-to-hand combatants in his or any other legion. He gains the Instant Death special rule for his attacks in addition to any from his weapons when fighting in a challenge. Yeah, which is strange because none of his weapons do confirm Instant Death. Yeah, that's actually a, good, that's actually a very good point, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but that could also be in reference to... The attacks in that case might have been safe, safe wording, basically. Yeah, for the future proofing, maybe. Uh, there's debate, because everybody loves Sevatar uh, as the fluff. And some people think that this is really, really a raw deal. He has weapon skill 7. Sure, he has 6 attacks. But he has an AP free weapon with rending. And the best he gets is a 5-plus invulnerable save. Yeah, this is a guy who can go toe-to-toe with um, Sigismund. Yeah, so, but yeah. Uh, no. I, I four will, plus invulnerable side. Yeah, four plus. I will gladly pay the point cost, but I mean, he's just not competitive. Nah. You, he won't fight anything after book two and win. There's also the fact that well, this guy should could be fight prime. The, the rear armor of rhinos. Yeah, that's true. He should be primed to be put in with terror squads, but he can't because Sevatar does not have infiltrate, and they do, and you're not allowed to do that. These are rules as written, just so you know. But on the other hand, he's probably one 
they will update in a future book. Yeah, I think so. With all of the updated, more powerful stuff. I'd say we're probably going to get something like, I don't know, Lorger Ascender or something like that. Mm. Iago sorts his shit out, or like Iago (laughs) gets a Paragon Blade, I don't know. Sevatar bought a new suit of armor. Yeah. Sevatar checked his wardrobe. (laughs) It's like, oh no, my god. Or you got to get your groove back. Yeah, he or finds he, his mojo. Yeah, he's or he rents some five and fives and sixes or something. Yeah, see, that would work. Mm-hmm. But they also has uh, one, or well, I got another special rule here. The master of Antrimentor. Yeah, which is mm. basically that it has a home teleporting beacon. A home yes. Beacon. So yeah, he's. Um, I think it's um, yeah, Night Lord Legion Terminator squads and Terminator Command squads. Uh, from the same detachment as Sevatar, who drop deep strike will not scatter. So as long as they replace within six of Sevatar as he de- as he deploys, that's that's not bad. No, and you might be wondering why it says command squad because surely he'll be your warlord. If you check out the rules, Sevatar is one of the few special characters and one of the only first captains who does not have jealous command. He doesn't have to be your warlord. He can be chosen to be. Yeah. But it's not like Eidolon or Typhon or Erebus or Corfairon for some reason. Because he doesn't give a shit no. <laughs> if he's the Warlord or not, because he's the Night Lord. And if you're on the fence, should I buy Iago? Yes, buy him. I mean, honestly, it's an amazing sculpt. He's really good in the fluff. Uh, you get an amazing model you can play around with, use it as a prayer or whatever. It's a great model. I've never heard anyone buy it and paint it and say they regretted it. There's um, probably someone, but no one really. No, that person, that person's a loser. That person is a loser. Yeah. And, and also the, the the display base works perfectly to get idle on instead. <laughs> yeah, or really any <laughs> cool character that you want to post on it. Because yeah. yeah, this one, compared to Pollux's one, doesn't have a giant flag from the Iron Wars on it. Yeah, and unlike uh, Pollux, he doesn't stand around like yelling, "Huzzah! Under the breach!" He just yeah, glares at you. Yeah, but the base is still good. Save for I'm the flag. Gonna, <laughs> if you're looking to get in Night Lords, I'm going to give you one solid tip right now. For this one, as well as Anvilus's, you should plan on how to transport it. His finicky little knife and his <laughs> chain glaive has been the woe of many a modelers because his wit will break off. Oh. Quite a mini, few... mini magnets. I've yeah, seen quite a few playing this one without that knife because it's stuck yeah. in a foam somewhere. Yeah, it breaks off. Well, you could uh, alleviate that by using one of the ma- magnetic transport cases instead of a foam transport case where it could get stuck. But that's more, that's true. more preference than anything else. Now to the crew of the matter. Dom, would you play this guy? What, uh, Sevatar? Yes. Yeah, I would. I, I think I I would play him. I I've, I've kind of um, with a lot of like Legion armies. I don't I tend to shy away from playing name characters, but I don't know what it is with the Night Lords. I think that I because both him and another character we'll get to in a minute. They kind of don't like you said. They don't give a shit. And they play no. by kind of their own damn, damn rules. So they're not as like Sigmund will only fight with the Templars. Um, uh, Abaddon will fight with the Justarian. It's it. With Sevatar, you kind of get the impression he'll go wherever he kind of feels like yeah. it, and it's it's so I, I, for that sort of reason I play. And plus, his rules are pretty fun. He's you know he's 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 a good he's good. He's just not as competitive as he could be, I suppose. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Very winded answer there. Sorry, should just said yes. I I would claim to. I've done it once. <laughs> I did it when I asked my opponent literally, "Can I put him with terror squads?" And they looked at him like, "Why wouldn't you?" And then I explained, yeah. they're like, "That's dumb." It feels like he should be there, yeah. or you know, for some reason, since he's the leader of the basically Terminator company in this case. Yeah, it feels odd that he's the only one not fighting like that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I I've I've seen people email Fortworld saying, "Can he get the Terminator command squad?" They say yes. I don't think anyone would begrudge you that in any well, way. Which is odd because Rules has written he couldn't. Yeah, I know. Which which also makes sense. So much sense that they can't be in a terror squad for this, basically the same reason. Yeah, I mean, he's just fucked. But he also and, got. Uh, he's gonna do it when we have a bit of it. Lol. Uh, he also has a warlord trait, which is master of ambush. Yes. And if chosen as the army's warlord, Lord Sevatar automatically has the master of ambush trait rather than rolling randomly. This means that all friendly outflanking units have the acute sense of special rule while Sevatar is alive. There we yeah. go. There's also the fact that this is the way I look at it. He's a cool model, and he's fun to play with. Also, he's a psyker. Do not make the mistake of thinking that, oh, he's a psyker, that's going to save me. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> you are toughness four with a free plus dude. Yeah. And then you face uh, a Thousand Sons arm and you just pulp him. Yeah, or you face, say, someone with a weepy blade, or whatever it's called. Or, as I have, I've tried to fight a warsmith. I tried to one-on-one a warsmith, and I survived one turn, and then he has smacked me with tentacles to the face. <laughs> Are you facing something like uh, Malagra? No, um, I wish. A Mal- well, a Malagra, well, a, a prime Malagra <laughs> with uh, about eight attacks or so that will strike you before you hit him. I would take that with honor, but <laughs> no, I was fighting a simple warsmith <laughs> who had one iron circle dude left. Still a praetor. So. Uh, it was not a warlord. I got smacked in the face, and then I got ripped in two. Yeah, but you have to be a praetor to get that upgrade, at least. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then. if it's a, if it's the the warsmith, because that's the praetor upgrade for oh, iron, cool. iron wars. I thought it was a console upgrade. No, that's the okay. the what is it called? The forge lord. No. Oh. Well, anyway, you should know that you you do not have Eternal Warrior. So one toughness eight hit will destroy you. It's like, <laughs> apothecary be damned. Also, you you have two warp charges at the most that you can use for precognition, which is not great. Because you need <laughs> two warp charges to succeed. So, you know, good luck. Yeah. Saying you, that, you two yeah. are agreed on this character is worth okay. the money worth playing. Now it's time for my man. Well, yeah, that's Let's get to the good stuff. Caron the Coward. Yes. Okay, now you're thinking of why would I take a character known as the Coward? Well, it's Night Lords. So he actually got branded with the name the Coward to mock him because as he was fighting a retreat, he tried to protect the people under his command by putting himself in danger and the other Night Lords thinks that's the stupidest shit ever and also it's pretty hilarious. And he I, lost his ship, didn't he? He did. And actually his superior commander did a killing whisper which was destroyed as he tried to stand off a conclave. 
<laughs> his superior commander, and this is kind of hard to wrap your head around, just to remind him of what a douchebag he was for losing his ship just to defend his men, gave him a piece of the destroyed ship's hull to use as a shield. Mm-hmm. And not because it's a good shield, but just to make him realize how much he sucks. <laughs> this shield is a free plus invulnerable in close combat. And also, it, this is kind of an iffy rule, but if someone attacks an assault and scores an unmodified one, which means that they have to roll a natural one, it can't be something that's downgraded, then they have their weapon skills when targeted by any of his close combat until the beginning of the next game turn, which is relevant because he has an axe, so he will strike last. Karen Ophion also has an ordinary power axe, a refractor field, a Volkheit Serpenta, power armor, melt the bombs, frag and crack. He has a special rule called the coward, which means that when he loses a wound, he has Phenopane 4+, plus, and then he has Phenopane 3+. Plus. <laughs> In the current meta, it's very hard to get Phenopane 3+. Plus. You still get killed by Toughness 8, but still, you should yeah. know. But, uh, that's, that's really, yeah. really nice, actually, that I would put that in. If you're playing him like a Night Lord, though, you're not going up against... Horrible, tougher units. So are you going to be trying? But, but if you're playing this character in character, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as you have a free plus invulnerable and a free plus fino pain, it you'll do pretty well. I but promise you're still you. on one wound, so it's still a risky business. Yes, but that's why you have lookout, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't accept challenges. You're a night lord. I've yeah. tried doing that. It's not great. And he has uh, a really lovely warlord trait. Yes. <laughs> as long as you have less victory points than my opponent, than your opponent, he and any knight lord unit within 12 minutes will gain stubborn special. Mm-hmm. Also, the controlling claimer always used to re-roll or has the opponent re-roll any failed dice roll to determine if the game continues for another turn. This comes up more than you'd think. And uh, You'll want that. And, of course, they named this warlord trait Aberrant bravery. Yeah. So, Kyrian Ophion was added in book six, where he also gets his very inglorious demise. I was talking to the guys before this, and my personal headcanon theory is that Kyrian Ophion's ship crashed, and they survived on the hell planet they were entombed on for like, I don't know, I guess it's like 200 years, until the Blood Angels came to investigate, and he promptly shanked them and took back his ship. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's no... There is a second founding chapter known as, what was it, Chris? Angels and Carmine? Uh, Angels Vermilion is the one you're talking yeah. about. Then Carmine is another chapter entirely. Yeah. They were known for doing this investigation of Nostroman sector and then towing his old ship and then dis- disappearing to the edge of the empire of known space where they were legitimized as a second founding chapter. And they have been at the edge praying, and they're known for coming in, doing hits and strikes, and disappearing before anyone can communicate with them. They are apparently unusually strong for a second founding chapter, and their chapter symbol, just to put it over there, is the Nightlord symbol with some kind of weepy tear around it. I guess it could be a blood it's, drop. It's, the uh, it's the blood in a symbol with a skull in it. Agree to disagree. <laughs> if you look at the picture, it's, the, <laughs> it's exactly that. No. Yeah, you're entirely right. But also, the, I mean, one of the re- one of the things you have put up as a a bit of a thought put forward to this is that they are they don't really want to fight alongside their other successor chapters. Oh, but that not. is tr- that is true for almost every blood in your successor chapter. Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's reaching, but I mean, it's the not strange. The angel sanguine don't even show their faces to the other chapters because they're such mutants at that point, aren't Probably. they? Probably, they're, they're really mutated. It's Dark Angel. It might as well be insecure. Is Blood Angel? It might as well be insecurity over their like hair. Oh no! Truly, my coif is not worthy of a son of sanguinous. I have not polished these boots enough. Yeah, yeah. Golden mask donning it will be. This guy is in the fluff. Like I said, is the opposite of Flame Master. He has established fluff, and what he has might not be much, but it's very clear what he stands for and what he does. He's oh, one of the few characters. Yes, Sabato actually likes him. And this guy is perfect as having for, say, 2,000 points because he's a good line officer, but he's not a commander. And, which is why uh, Something that he has that most other of these characters don't have is melter bombs. Yes. Oh, does he? Okay. He does. That's good. That's uh, actually worth noting. <laughs> and this is also a really fun modeling challenge because... The bloody Aegis that he got doesn't have to be a shield. It could be an expanded piece of armor. It could be a combat shield. Whatever you want. Uh, for an axe, you, sh- you can give him a special axe. I'm taking the one from the Sons of Horus command kit. And the shield, I'm just going to use one of the additional armor plates from a rhino. You could uh, just uh, craft the shield to just look like a, a huge chunk of torn metal. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm putting like uh, old piece of spikes and just some razor wire over it. That'll look cool. That'll That's what I'm going for. I also have the head from, you know, with the Minotaur chaplain, Enkios Inkomi. Mm. I'm using his head and chest plate because I used the big guy to make my Alpharius. Um, um, Phil's, Phil's um, used that, that head, uh, I think it's the, uh, the chaplain head from that, from that Minotaur set for his, uh, his uh, sorry, using that Minotaur head for his chaplain model. It's very cool. It's a very cool one. Do you want to take the last special character? I think we'll... Should we do this together? I'll, I'll, I'll start, because uh, I, I, we're talking about him, aren't we, now? Well, he's dead, so we don't really have to. <laughs> How dare you? Well, is Chris! <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not dead at this point, at least. There you go. He lives on in our heart. Right, we're going to talk about a little guy you might have heard of. Name of Conrad. Bit of a misunderstood soul. <laughs> He's a, sure. He's, a, he's really into marionettes made out of dead people, um, and uh, yeah, and he has uh, and and poor guy has bad dental hygiene, um, and uh, could really do with a haircut. But he is Conrad. Well, he could wash his hair as well for that reason with blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, Conrad Kurz, um Lord of the Night Lords. Um, the Night Haunter himself. He is. Uh, he's. He's an interesting one. He's an interesting one. Uh, have you played him much, Chris? I haven't. Not at all, actually. Really? Okay. I have got him. I haven't played him. I haven't played him as much as I'd like. I haven't had fantastic success with him. But I think it's because the first time I used him, I went straight into Vulcan, and uh, I would never recommend that to anyone. Um, <laughs> but. I think, Jake, about... I think Jake would uh, recommend you to do that all of the time. Really? I bet he would. <laughs> well, he's, um, well, he is. Ba- what's his stats? We'll look at his weapons. Um, his weapon skill of what's blurry? I mean, Eight. His, 
A weapon skill of eight, ballistic skill of six, strength six, toughness six, wounds six, initiative seven, attacks five, leadership ten, and a saving of a saving for a three plus. Um, oh god, sorry, uh, yeah, it's really bad. Uh, <laughs> my screen is really messy. He's got a four plus invulnerable, doesn't he? Is that right? Or I want to say yes. Yeah, I think it's a four plus invulnerable. Um, it's only on the probably only. So, um, saving the four plus and roll on the save, yes. Yeah, which is the Nightmare Mountain Mantle. Later. Yeah, that was the Nightmare Mantle. So I'm looking at the page now. He's equipped with some cool stuff, though. I, I'm going to. Should we split the um, the weapons up between us? So I just want to take sure. the Widowmakers, Chris, if that's all right. Do it. So, uh, based on the micro uh, serrated throwing blades utilized for signature kills by certain Nostraman assassin cults. Kurz favoured the use of these vicious yet highly precise weapons over more conventional firearms in battle, using them to disable and maim as he willed. So they are they are the weapon Widowmaker Volley. They're a range at 12 inches, strength 4, AP 5, and the type is assault-free, lethal precision. Uh, lethal precision's ruled is uh, ruled by Kurz. These weapons inflict Precision strikes of a four plus add on to wound rolls of a six um, of a six ignore both armor saves and invulnerable saves. So they're not bad. They're they're pretty cool actually, and I, I like the idea that he's just throwing knives at people while he's fighting. Are they modeled on his uh, sculpt? Though those are his um, those are his claws. Which so for for a long time. Um, in regards to like artwork associated with Curtis before the models came out, he had giant finger blades or you know um, yeah. Yeah. Or fingers. I think what they did with the model is I think Kurz is one of the best models in the Primark range. It is he is so cool looking. Um, he's got the Predator claws from the movie Predator. Obviously, they are they just they look they're they're a lot more subtle, but they're really cool looking. And I think they're. Um, What's the? Well, they actually no. They they're called mercy and forgiveness. But do you want to take those ones, Chris? I don't want to hog it all. Yeah. Also, I'm going to ask like a complete tosser question here. So feel free to shut me down. I'm looking at the model right now. Yeah. If you're looking at it from the front, you see a skeleton on his left pauldron. Yep. Yep. Isn't that the knife? Just underneath it, and also in his like tabard around the chest, there are a couple of knives hanging there. I'm thinking those are throwing knives because the upper one is a um, Southeast Asian throwing knife, like a kukri-like one, and the ones in his around his waist is more like uh, a Japanese throwing starish throwing knife. You know and what? The knife. Yeah, that's, that's, that's got a the... really good point, right? The strawman culture is supposed to be slightly Germanic in nature, so I'd say it has a wide variety of them. Also, you make a good point. He does have, like, the Wolverine Predator Claws, but if you look at his hands, he also has this vicious nail, so they really got the best of both worlds in there. Yeah, I think they they, they, they did such a good job with this armor. It's a really it's oh, a yeah. really cool sculpt. Um, and if you look, it's, there's so much detail. If you even look at the face, the teeth are filed. Yeah. And that, that's really awesome. And, the, um, and the, what's really cool with it also is that he looks like he has weight, weight in the... It doesn't just look like... A, some of the models look like they don't really have uh, any gravitas in the game. Yeah. Or mm, he has a commanding presence. He looks like he he belongs in some, some 
I've got to say, like, because I, I love how I, I wouldn't, like I said, it's, I'm probably never going to get a tank or a super heavy for the Night Lords. I'm always going to be happy to run Kurz. Um, and he looks great surrounded by especially converted models. It, yeah. He fits in place. And like you said, he's authoritative and commanding. And it just, as a model, it just really stands out and, and adds something to the overall look of the army. And yeah, I, I didn't think about that with the knives. I, I really, now that you've pointed that out, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, he's just taken knives and thrown them. Yeah. He's like um, Danny Trejo in, Des- yes. in Desperado. Yeah, he is. That's awesome. Hope he doesn't become a vampire. Uh, just sort of the fact that on his model, you have all these little writs of paper and flayed skin, and also what seems to be Emperor Tarot card, which are also on the Night Raptor models. Yeah. It's, it's really also cool. one thing he was quite well-known well for using. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to take the next equipment, which is... Drum roll! Yes. Mercy and forgiveness. No fragonades. <laughs> Twin lightning claws with all the usual lightning claw rules, but AP2 and murder strike, which means he gets an additional attack not counted in his profile. Yeah. So now you're wondering, hmm, curse, is he worth it? Yeah, let me tell you something. Seven attacks on a charge, bro. Yeah. Seven. Seven. We could also mention the rest of the rules for the nightmare mantle, which is... Yeah, okay, uh, Curse. Like Chris drill more on the seven attacks because he, oh. <laughs> he got the, oh, seven, seven, bro, seven. There it is. Uh, no, I know that. I know that. <laughs> hey. uh, Ryan from the Forgotten Legion made a great point that he does confer stuff. So if you have night fighting, which curse guarantees, and you put him in a unit of night raptors with a medic, turn one he will have. Terrible, terrible cover save that he can spread over the unit and yeah, he has feel no pain. I do exactly that. <laughs> it is horrendous. Speaking of, speaking of, do you, uh, funny question though, Chris, why yeah. was six afraid of seven? Uh, I don't know. Because, because seven, seven eight, eight, nine. eight, nine, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. That's a classic. Um, yeah. No wonder you Brits can all fight. <laughs> With a humor like that, you have to, right? And playing armies like that. Oh, I play it like that too. Why? Because he also has hit and run, which is very important. Yeah. And his uh, uh, armor also grants wrath attacks. Yes. We, we we should probably talk about this though in the way that it's worded with hit and run because I've recently had some problems with it. He oh. cannot break. Um, he can only do hit and run if he's done the charge. Yes. At turn, which I think is kind of garbage actually as a rule. Um, yeah. He should be able to leave whenever he wants. It's been uh, so. It, I've had uh, a couple of games where I've been stuck in contact combat with a dreadnought, and Curse can't hurt a dreadnought. No, which is again garbage uh, because he can flip dread. He can flip land raiders in uh, in in um, Unremembered Empire, so he should be able to should be able to break a tin can robot. But let me ask: Do you put him with assault marines, or do you put him with the raptors? The I've been putting him with the raptors, and uh, it's it's. It's just because I, I just because I I find that so efficient in really decimating decimating yeah. a force. I should probably put them with assault marines because then they'd have the melter bombs. But um, if you yes. put them with the raptors, you can make basically a custom raptor squad because that's how they yeah. are portrayed in the fluff for the unit. Yep. That they are basically I, individuals. 
I don't know if who is it usually play. Is it Phil or? I put, um, I put, I'm actually played Phil in ages. I play um, I play Salamanders quite a bit, um, yeah. but I, it's just um, it's it's just been unfortunate that I've ended up fighting dreadnoughts, and that's just a mixture of through terrain or just through decisions that have just kind of ended up being that way. It's not an intentional thing. Yeah. Um, what's that person's name that you usually play? Uh, I play Bill. Uh, or Bill. Or, I'm or sorry Bill. about this. Yeah. Dom. This is my suggestion. You take like a centurion-level character and say it's been assigned by a task to guide Curtis's raptors, and then you put Curtis with assault marines, and all the assault marines have melter bombs, and yeah. they have the little shield thingy. So you put them in front of Curtis, because then if he has anything that has <laughs> ignores cover and AP free, they still have the shields. He has to make some of them survive, and they have feel no pain. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, I'll just write that down there. Make a little note. <laughs> but, ah, thanks, and, Chris. And Bill, I think I owe you some significant amount of alcohol if this actually works. And if not, I think you owe me one. <laughs> I don't know how it works outside of Sweden, but no, uh, no, we. I, I like yours. Ours is a drinking culture. Yeah. So, so um, uh, it takes away the damp. Eh? Yeah, we should also address the fact that curse, as people mostly look at him, is that he's a motherfucking close combat, which is very oh. much true. Yeah. Uh, but he also we usually tend to, at least I do, split all Primarchs into combat efficient or unit enhancing. So he does a bit of both. Unlike Angron, who is only a combat monster, and unlike Dorn, who is mostly enhancing his troops, this guy does something a bit for your unit. Because <clears throat> All fear tests taken against curse have minus three penalty. Hmm. Uh, all fear tests in the entire unit now impose a minus one penalty, which means that your terror troops now are a bit better, as are raptor troops. And if Kurtz kills anyone, everyone within 12 inches have to take a fear test on minus three, or they run away. Unless they're fearless, which all salamanders are. Yeah, which is again, they're, well, they're night lord proof, which yeah. is the. It's worth um, worth noting as well in regards to the running weight um, movement with Curse. Curse counts as jump infantry. Yes, which I love. I love that. Yes, there is um, uh, one one caveat for the fear bubble though. Yeah, which is that uh, all of the enemies you need subject to fear within twelve inches and within line of sight of the. Co- the oh yeah, true. So if you're on, uh, if you're in a, like in a city fight or something, and it's a one street over, you might not see them, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> What's that horrible gnawing sound? I don't know, but we can't see it. Leave it alone. What is, yeah, this, what is this red stuff coming from the sky? Uh, it's just, I think it's just foxes having sex in the corner. It's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. I should go to England soon. No, but I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's super thematic. Curse descends. He attacks the unit. He grabs two of them, flies into the air, tears them in half, and throws them down in front of you. Of course, you're gonna break. Yeah, I thought they were we- just uh, de- redecorate the inside of a drop pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the great thing about him as well, sticking with that thematic, the best way to use Kurz is to ignore not ignore the super the, the characters, ignore the, the the other Primarchs, and kill infantry with him. Yeah, he's just a bulldozer for infantry. Uh, it's and that and, he, and he's more fun to play with that way as well. I'd kill to take him against the Solar Auxiliary Army. Oh yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> not for them, but for, you know, for for, yeah. for for Kurs and myself, it'd be great. What? Actually, as someone who's played Terror Assault against Solar Auxiliary, it's not as fun as you might think because. Oh, really? 
they have flame resections and they have AV14 for other units. Wait, people actually have flame resections? sections? Yeah, I play against, again, Nisse, if you're listening to this. Hey, he's a great guy. He has a fluffy solar auxiliary list. But that's not good because they are free for the Centurion event. At least one unit is free for yeah. Centurion at Lincoln. And also his, like, storm sections. You can take them with axes or you can take preferred enemy Volca chargers, mm. which is a bad time for you. The axes might have yeah. their uses, but they're and, limited. Yeah. And the banner, if he has a banner guy with his command squad, I think everyone within 24, 12 inches, or just, no, everyone on the field gets to re-roll failed uh, morale tests. So you want to decapitate decapitate strike that guy. They also have a unique relic, let me tell you, that if he rolls uh, two plus on a save, on a vulnerable save, he just teleports away from the battlefield and comes in from reserves. I'm sensing tremendous bitterness from you on this. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> okay. Imagine the setting. A beautiful young lady in a pastoral Nepalese village. No. So anyway. Uh, no, don't I, stop. <laughs> I position yeah, my rapiers against his vehicles. Yeah. I have two contemptors rushing up the field. So basically I'm trying to lure them into assaulting me. They have ordinary combat patrol and they come up against night lords. Then suddenly screaming from the sky, you have two dreadclaws and a dreadnought drop pod. Out comes a leviathan. So I shoot flamers and I take like a couple of hollow points of a Draxan and I'm just ready to assault his entire army. But no, lo and behold, what's that from the sky? In comes a single Arvis lighter and shoots strength eight missiles in my side and immobilizes me. So that dreadnought has a busted leg and just stands there until I realize on turn three that he can just shoot phosphix, which he does. <laughs> but that's and not, then he ignores uh, me. That's not even a relic. That's just part of their... Regular war gear, isn't it? No, I think the display is it probably because their relic uh, for solar auxilia is the apex digital weapon. Oh god, yeah. Uh, Anyway, the problem was is he had so he didn't he doesn't go overboard tanks. He plays completely fluffy, like deployed are mass infantry who are all beautiful. So the one thing I could do against is like I think two Malakadors and two Dracosans was that one of my contemptors got into base to base attack and he's like, What well, I'm fucked now, I'm like you're exaggerating. Whereupon and I'm not kidding him, it had one hell point. It used its chain claw to flip this tank onto another tank and take another two hull points. <laughs> and then he executed my Terminator squad. But yeah, it's really fun. It's really fluffy. Speaking of relics that we were we're gonna there's yes. one more piece of war gear that's really situ- situational because it's book in book four and it's a relic, so you can't really take it without being in a campaign or opponent's permission. Yeah. But it is the Nostroman Man Catcher. Yes. 40 points. And uh, want me to read it because I've got rules in front of me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, it's uh, strength plus one, AP three, melee two handed and, and snare. So it's basically a net. Yeah. <laughs> so a character bearing, bearing the Nostrum and Mancatcher nominates a single enemy infantry model in base contact before any attacks, including Hammer of Wrath and the like, are resolved at the start of each fight subphase. The target must take a strength test for every attack it is eligible. To make that phase, for each test fail, the target loses an attack that phase. So it's basically you throw a net and see what happens. Well, you know, like they say in Kung Pao, a tiny net is basically a death sentence because it's a net and it's tiny. You can't fight it. (laughs) (laughs) 
you reckon that's where they got the idea from the net? <laughs> I, I wonder. I mean, with the relics. Then you have the blooding just beneath it with this. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Strength user AP two me- melee soul blaze flesh bane fear and blind. On a sword. <laughs> or a blade. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the relics are very much handshake agreement, but I've never met anyone who's seen this relic and gone like, no, no, I invalidate your list. Get the fuck out of here. Don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> the grab gauntlet for Iron Hands is always fun. Yeah, I mean, some okay, like some of them are very much like the AP2 goo gun for the Mechanicum. That one just makes me feel bad. The AP3 has all three concussive graviton pulse haywire and ruination. Yeah. So it's buffed, buffed okay. haywire. <laughs> but, but for Curse, I've got a question for Dom. Would you take him with Terror Assault list? Yeah. Yeah, I would actually. Um... I mean, if I was to do a terror assault list, I mean, obviously a lot of terror squads, and uh, I'd have curse. The only the only thing is, is it's thinking about his delivery and how you'd use him. Um, so, can I? I can take assault marines, can't I? Yes. Yeah, then I I, I take him with assault marines then. But you have to have three terror units first. <laughs> That's absolutely fine, but it, it depends on how big the list is. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to do that. I mean, I am going to add. I'll, we'll get. We're, do, we're doing army lists as well um, in a minute, um, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take him. I'd, I just, I think with Curse, you want to have him with people, so keep him yeah. sort of safe. So he's because he's running around the board. He's not really a transporting Primarch. No, but he's very agile. Yeah, not as agile as Korax, but that's a, that's another story. <laughs> just one last thing: remember that if you have Kurtz, you can either use the jump back while assaulting or moving. You can you know. use it. Can you? You can use yes. it while you're consulting. Yes. Ooh. I need a remax with the Raven guard then. <laughs> yeah. So, that speaking of... That's uh, specialist there, right? Yeah. Speaking of rematch, how about uh, you to go quickly through why you yeah, play sorry, a knight on army? Yeah, can I say one last thing? No. About yeah. I was kidding. Oh. Of course you can. <laughs> you, can uh, you actually have... <laughs> People tend to overlook this, but you have one sworn brother for an ally, Death Guard. Just so you know, <laughs> you get one. That's, I, I just find it weird. Is the Death Guard? Yeah, we they, talked about that. It's I, very. I thought we agreed on a, it was the same decorator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're kind of sparse, I suppose. I guess skin I doesn't know. bother them. Yeah, murdering civilians doesn't bother them. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, neither of them like psychers. Both of them are very like rudimentary, practical, no frills. You know. I don't know. Like night lords are pretty into painting like murals of corpse blood. Um, you know, it's like, well, that's what a delightful baby. I should throw that into a wall and see what it creates. Yeah. Have you um, thought about? Have you thought about the great irony that the empire after the heresy uses a lot of gothic elements and art, which is mostly you know skull and death motif to remind you of the luck you have of being alive in the empire, but yeah. the night lords invented it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, it's there, there's there's a lot of little ironies like that in the Imperium, yeah. though. They did, you know, the Imperial cult being the most obvious part. But yeah, it's, it's book of Lorgar. Yeah, Lorgar, Lorgar did pretty well. I like to. Um, Lorgar wrote books for every one of the Primarchs um, in Betrayer, but you never see a scene where he gives it to Kurz. And I like to imagine there's a deleted scene where he hands him a book. And, you know, it's a flesh-bound one. He's done one for each of the Primarchs. And Kurz gets it. He goes, oh, Lorgar, thanks, buddy. Thanks. I'm totally going to read this. I'm 
I'm totally going to read this. And, you know, the, he cuts to him just sat on the toilet. And, um, he's, you know, he's, got, he's having a heavy one. And he just, uh, and you look to the side and it's just a wall of toilet paper. He's just ripping pages out of the book of blogs. Using that. I thought it would just, uh, oh, I'm going to put this in the vat of acid where I put the babies. No, no, he's, he's a pragmatic primarch. He makes use of stuff. And he looks, he looks into the camera and says, the irony is, I don't even need to defecate. I'm <laughs> choosing to. And I can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, what do you think he's got nailed to his armor? Say again? What do you think he's got nailed to his armor? It's the Book of Kurtz. Book of Kurtz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those little pages. Maybe it's not the Imperial Tarot. Maybe it's his book. Oh, he's been writing his writing his bio. He's been he's yeah. writing it's a det- he's writing his own uh, detective novels, starring himself. They're really <laughs> self indulgent. And <laughs> we're going off topic, Chris. Sorry. Is Sorry. it like Conrad Clouseau? Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. You just took it to the next level. <sighs> so why would you play Night Lords? One of you start. You go, Chris. Me. Yeah. You want to play. A legion that is super fun to model that lets you have enough creative output to change it, where you can make unique warriors, where you have a good solid rules that you can advance in a specific direction, or play them just as is, and I would say have really solid good rules for playing games. You have fun, it's fluffy, and you will be the parental bad guy. Also, if you really, really want to be on the fence, because you're a Dark Angels player, <laughs> dumb, you could play your Dark your Night Lord at Black Shields. Night Lord's gone black shields. Just throwing it out there. You know it happened. <laughs> I can't really add much to that. That is, it, I, I completely agree with him on this. It's it, it's for all those points. Can I record you and play that to my wife? <laughs> He's absolutely right. I can't agree. Did argue. <laughs> on the hand, I think wife trumps it. Sadly. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she would just laugh at you and walk away. <laughs> Should we do lists? Possibly stealing the recording from you. Oh, probably. <laughs> well, we could do a short list. That yeah, sounds should... like a good thing because we've gone this far talking about all of the army and all of the fluff <laughs> and all of the rules. Why not just how you use them yeah. in a list? So, should we do like one each? Yeah, yeah. If you have them prepared, why not? Yeah, I do actually. No, I'll, I'll not. not go super detailed into it, but. Uh, this is what I do. I do Terror Assault because that's all I play. <laughs> As, of right, As of right now, I have the following. I have a Tribune that I modified with a Terminator Command Squad. Around four Chain Fists, one Auto Cannon, one Power Fist. And then I add two or three Marines, depending on how many points I have. I have one Chaplain. Con- no, I have one Consul who is actually an Empress Champion. Well, not Empress Champion, you know. Legion Champion. I find that the VS5 combined with a Mastercrafted Chainblade with a bunch of Destroyers and Jump Packs and a Medicus alongside the Trophies of Judgment, a Volkite Charger <laughs> and an Iron Halo. No, not an Iron Halo, a Reflector Field and Melter Bombs. Just packing them up to the gills and putting them with Destroyers works great because he can Deep Strike, he can Assault. As long as not fighting a dedicated combat monster like Scoria or Amagus Dominus, he can do really well. You really need to capitalize on that first turn, and I think a mastercrafted 
a mastercraft the nostromo shanglave really does you get to shoot a bunch as well now if you don't have a jetpack you could put them with uh, terror troops you can't infiltrate with them you can't even put them in the same one but you could Dom asked me why I use a champion, and basically I think it's fluffy that you have someone within the unit who will be a head taker or like the prime executioner who gets the honor, <laughs> the ambiguous honor of going into the front troops and assaulting them. The fact that they have destroyers is to really highlight the fact that this is probably a one-way trip. So you bring out all the stops. That's also why I have a missile launcher in there. For troops, I have three terror units. Everybody has a Volkite charger. I have one flamer in there. Everybody gets an apothecary, so nine. If I put them in a drop pod or an ambulance, which I do, uh, one so every sergeant gets a shanklave, artificer armor, melt bombs, and charger. As of right now, I only own two drop pods and two ambulances, so everybody gets one. Two, actually, right now I have two drop pods for terror assaults and one ambulance. The second ambulance I use for a tank hunting team of veterans. Uh, three no I actually have four combi melters and one melter gun and a sergeant all of them melter bombs in an ambulance this means I can pick and choose what comes in turn one beyond that I have three grav rapiers which I'm not sure if I would recommend but I think they're super cool and fluffy uh, they're good for vehicles but do not for the love of god use them against infantry because they have the grav pulse rules which delays them by making difficult and dangerous strain but they have to roll us toughness test and yeah. a marine dies on a 5 and 6 and they get an armor save it's not great but it's fluffy great for tanks it is yeah. but not for much else nice. then I have two quarters contemptors and I'm building a third both have dual fists uh, one of them has a shame fist both have a grav gun each and a melter bomb no a melter gun I like the quarters because basically it's insane madmen locked into living sarcophagi loosed against the enemy so I usually play it as a closing noose where somebody like tries to find a unit of night lords and I'm deeply entrenched and then I assault them and steal all their progenon gloids and supplies. <laughs> I have so far not stolen a single progenon gloid nor supply. Except for the Emperor's Children. Well, we should have a game and change that, I think. <laughs> uh, then for I have a okay. Sorry. Uh, then I have the fast attacks and there I have my siphon that I love to death. <laughs> It's surprisingly good. I have one javelin, and I have three bikes, one melter gun, and everybody has melter bombs, and I have a power fist for the sergeant. The power fist is there just to change up the number of attacks I get. The bikes have been really good so far. Uh, the javelin with missile launchers and melter gun is good for deep striking. It's really situational, but it's an option, and you need a couple of options with this list. My one heavy support so far is actually Leviathan <laughs> in a drop pod. With Phosphix, Meltalance, uh, Armored Ceramite, and two Flamers. It's pretty much my one get in there and sort this out. Uh, I'll usually sort between either the elite team of veterans or the, the drop pod with uh, Leviathan. Because the Leviathan is 500 points. I mean, it's yeah. not a cheap option. And one Dread can be easily neutralized. Putting them in the enemy's face means they can't hit you with a lot of templates, but... It's still going to be an issue. That's pretty much what I have. I do not own a Lord of War. I have a very limited amount of figures for this army, but I am expanding it right now. Like I said, I made it to play Terror Assault, and that's what I do. I have dedicated tasks for everyone. We go in, we strike hard, we steal their supplies, and we withdraw. Uh, about ambulances, 
I'd really recommend them. They're very fluffy. They're very feamy, and you can just go around flaming people. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so, sorry, I, I went on. The um, Zyphon's something I've considered try just before I go into mine. Just um, the Zob. What's, what's so good about it? Well, I'd say you have the do, you have the twin link glass cannons. Mm-hmm. You have a four plus jink, no, a three plus jink because you're agile, and then you have the siphon missile launcher, which is heavy two, strength eight, AP two, but uh, for every penetrating hit, you roll D three penetrating hits. Yeah, it's the same as the Arcus upgraded missile. Yeah, it? it is. If it isn't just heavy free as well, I mean. Whatever you hit, you're gonna fuck it up. All right, it's you talked me into expensive. it. I think I'll get one then. You thought me. It's also that. super cool. I've painted yeah. one. I don't know. Have you seen mine? No, no. Send me a not picture too of it. hard to shoot down, though. Only it's two not. Points. But it is a it is a glass cannon. But mm. you usually come in do what it needs. What you need to take care of with the list I have is someone who can mess with your reserve result because that will really cause you a lot of headache. Beyond that, uh, the plan is pretty clear. The advice I would get if you want to borrow this list from me is to don't spread out your units. Keep them pretty centered on one flank. If they're isolated, they die. They, it's real true. It's true. It's what happens. And if you really also, want to, you could always replace the siphon with uh, a viper from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yes, you could. Because I've seen some yeah. really cool conversions of that one. Yeah, I actually... <laughs> I'm going to send a picture to you in the group chat here, Dom. And I'm going to call it a Cobra, a G.I. Joe Cobra flyer, and you can say if you agree or not. But it has to announce so, uh, Cobra when it arrives for Night mm-hmm. Lords. Cobra! Cobra! Yes. I also really love using uh, Destroyers because I think they're a much neglected unit, and I have fun playing them. Unfortunately, they're not great. I um I actually have a squad of destroyers for my eye lords. So I've got a five man squad with um with the standard missile launcher with suspensor web. But I I got them with a rhino because I didn't properly read the rules at the time. I was still quite rough with them, and I built the unit. I had a lot of fun building it. It's it's, it's the modelling. It's the rule of cool. Um, and I just like the idea of this different unit. They are not worth it for, the, for what they bring to the table. It doesn't make sense that they have a rhino as a transport because they can't assault from it. There's so much wrong with it. But yeah. um, I, but it's a unit I'd like to try. I, pr- I may try using it for uh, Zone Mortalis more, but it's, it, I, it's I, I'm looking forward to the buff to see what they do with it. Um, but, yeah, that's... that's uh, we'll yeah, sort of probably get a hint of that in uh, Angelus with the Blood Angels one. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. Um, should I do mine now? Uh, just yeah, go ahead. Oh, I've just seen the picture of that. That is very cool, Chris. That is very Thank cool. You. You've is... done a red canopy. I've done the same thing because I used to have a Storm Eagle for my Night Lords. Um, oh, really? If you look in the gap. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send you a picture of it in a minute as well. It's, I painted it with a scold face and everything, but I actually <gasps> I, I handed it over to the Dark Angel. So it's now a Dark Angel Storm Eagle. But I, I painted a red canopy on it as well when it was uh, Night Lords because I thought it gave it a more sinister look. Um, definitely very effective. Um, right, to... yeah. So I play. Mm. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. I was going to say I reckon I need to put up a small gallery with this episode, just because there's quite a lot of photos sent back and forth, and it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I love how we're mocking the listeners with the fact that this is not a visual medium. <laughs> but it's, it looks so good the way the light reflects <laughs> on the surface. <laughs> it's lovely. Um, 
This is uh, yeah. So I actually got a very different list to to um, uh, to Chris's in that when I started my army, it was actually before the Horus Heresy came out. So I was building an army using the models to do a Chaos Warband Night Lord army, and then it suddenly became very apparent they were about to do the rule, and then it was announced and it came out, and I was like, right, I'm doing a Legion, um, and I. I basically focused on, uh, for two years, obviously, there was no Night Lord rules. So I just focused on building a Legion. And as a result, I have two 20-man tactical squads, a 20-man assault, uh, assault marine squad, another 15-man assault squad, 15 Raptors, 10-man autocannon team, 5-man destroyer squad, uh, uh, three Apothecaries, one Primus Medicae, uh, a Chaplain, and and what else have I got? I do. I did have a Praetor, but I've actually repurposing him to be a terror squad, um, a head huntsman, because I've decided not to use Praetors too much in my Legion. I'll get to that in a minute. I just can, I'll rattle off the rest of what I have. Um, I also have three Vindicators, three uh, Contemptors. Uh, One is a Carey's Pattern Assault, um, and the other two are um, standard Contemptors, both with dual power fists uh, and inbuilt. Uh, plasma gun, plasma guns. I used to run grav, but I've decided to go with plasma from now on. Good choice. <laughs> Sorry. Good choice. Yeah, it's just it's exactly what you were saying with the grav cannons. Grav guns I like because they they're different because I've played 40k for so much longer and it was like ooh something new. But um, yeah. it's a specific sort of weapon and it and it's on, in all honesty I've just not had the results from it that I was hoping for. So plasma you can't go wrong with. It's a primark killer. It's a it's a it's a it's a general purpose weapon that can blow up in your face you gotta love that um what else have i got on the board uh yeah so i also have no i don't have any i think that's everything actually i've got a rhino for the for the destroyers but what my focus was with the army was i i want a legion i want a sea of marines going in and going into battle and i love the sight of that i i, I very much um creating that 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 idea of during the heresy and and the great crusade was there were shit tons of space marines back then and they and they they fought in mass and tactical squads are not the best unit in a game but uh then the rule talent for murder came out it's like it's like alan bligh looked at my army and said right large number of forces are going to get benefits and it was kind of like that's fantastic so i've kept the idea of maximizing my squads so that i can utilize them best with talent for murder and i just i like going in and attacking um i do it's it's the same thing that you have is that there's a fluff you're playing fluffy so you're not necessarily always going to do well and you've got to be careful with it and i'm still learning how to how to utilize this force it's not very fast moving and it's not as durable as it could be uh, because there's a lot of power armor in there it's not necessarily as many saves but 20 assault marines with melter bombs is amazing yeah it is it's you know it's it well it's just it will kill any super heavy on the table um you may lose your score doing it but they've lost that super heavy so it's worth it for that reason um oh chaplain that's it so i take a chaplain with a power fist and trophies of judgment and um and uh, i he's great you put him with put him with say the assault marines or you put him the with the raptors and you're gonna have a good time um it's it yeah it's it's so it's it's very much an assault army um but what i'm looking to do is to now start expanding into the specialist squads and terror squads are the future for my night lords definitely i have uh yeah you totally sold me on it after this as well i i need to deal with 
I, I'm not great against flyers. I definitely have a weakness for them. I had a game recently where flyers absolutely fucked me. Um, uh, pardon my language. Um, <laughs> and the... Yeah, I, I, but I also, obviously, I like to run Kurz if I'm doing a big game. Um, he's a lot of fun to play with that sort of army. and But it's it's just, it's my getting better with the army myself in my delivery on how to approach them and use them. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I, I think that's pretty much everything I've got on the list. That sounds amazing. I, I think I've said it before, but if it wasn't for you and Julius, I probably would have never gotten my Night Lord's project off the ground. So thanks again. No, that's that's right. I mean, actually, Julius, I owe, I owe, I owe as well because I hadn't been playing Night Lords for a while. I'd gone over to the Dark Angels because I just kind of had gone as far as I, because I wasn't really interested in Terror Squads. There wasn't too much to add to it. But Julius's army bore striking resemblances to mine in regards to the size of what he had and just some of the ideas he had with it. And um, just when he used his Terror Squads and how effective they were, I was like. These guys are great, you know. Um, and then when you were saying about what you've been doing with your list, it's 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 nice. We, we should start a gang for Night Lords. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I just sent a couple of more pictures in the chat, which is basically picture proof of me that I won one of my match, and this time it was going to the Night House. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that your Night House? Uh, no, that's actually Joran's Night House. Oh, the yeah, that's, that's right, that's right. You got the other one. Uh, it should not be lied that I had a tremendous amount of luck because I did two melt bomb attacks and both of them were six and six. <laughs> and at one point I killed a knight by throwing a crack grenade into its back. And it was a six <laughs> cool. and a six. That's awesome. Yeah. Not, There's but... a lovely photo of uh, three jet bikes trying to mate with a lancer. Yeah, and that was his warlord. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think this match was good because I had a 2,000-point list and I didn't think I was going to face anything other than, like, infantry. And then I came up against him and I was I was very, like, defeated. Like, yeah, I'm going to get fucked. Hey, who wants to see me get beaten up over the table? And he was like, yeah, we'll just play a game. And he made a list, I think, that was 1,800 points, so he was not even full strength. And it was really fun to play against. He was a great sheer. And it was very, like, nice to me with my terrible mood. But it actually wound up with me winning one point, mainly because the last turn I just jumped away from him and ran away from him because I didn't want to lose my HQ. That's a good tactic. If it yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, if, I, if I'm playing a game and I start to see it going south with my Night Lords, I, I, I start retreating my army to the board. Yeah. I've, I've had games where I've taken them to the board and said, right, I'm out. Um, you know, that's... Uh, you know they 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 don't count as dead because they've oh. they've they counted their losses and they've lost they've gone back to uh, reorg and to decide who's now in charge. Yeah, the other game I had where I we had to interrupt it halfway through because of mm, stuff, but uh, he charged me and I didn't win combat, so I chose to withdraw and then I regrouped and charged him because then I could shoot him with some more volkites. And that is a good tactic for light lords. Yeah, it really is. Play to your strengths. Yeah, yeah I, I just want to say one thing. I just want to suckle at the T to Fort Worlds one last time. If you're starting an outward army, you can't really go wrong with buying at least one head kit, one chain yeah. cave kit, and one, like, uh, what's the name of it? The decal sheet, because they're all good. Uh, if you buy the torsos, have a good plan for it. I'd only say use them for, like, sergeants or veterans, because... A caliber, a Volkite charger will cover most of the chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, you could also go with, if you go with a gang culture theme, 
you might want to buy more upgrade kits just to make it look like some of them have uh, gathered all of their resources or traded or bothered. bothered ah, sorry, it's starting no, a little no. bit late. late. Yeah. But that may, maybe have decided to kit themselves out to look more prominent than their fellow scum. I'm just now looking at your Fire Raptor. Oh, Storm Eagle. So, yeah. It was glorious. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say, say it like this. Now you know why you should play and how. Hopefully, yeah. you should play. We're gonna round off here because we're yeah. just we're currently just looking at images that we will be posting with, with <laughs> yeah, the episode, sorry. but uh, yeah. it might not be yeah. that interesting for the listeners to hear. So, yeah, I think we covered most points. Do you yeah, have anything so. else? Uh, one last thing <laughs> if you need more inspiration ask Dominic because armor is amazing but you can get flesh coats from Puppet Wars they actually have a cape that's made out of human flesh with faces sewn into it well, it, that's pretty it's, cool it's made to look like yeah okay it's not real it's not real sorry great point it's not <laughs> real flesh you can use it if you're vegan or you could buy or you could buy like 200 of uh, Phoebe's Bile yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So many Fabius files. Um, yeah. The the other thing as well, like while we're just talking about the the capes, so it is green stuff. Don't forget old good old green stuff. Oh, and cool. if you buy buy the skulls and and all the the, the um, zombie models and stuff, just stick them in the green stuff. Cut it up a little bit. I made a I made a cloak which was kind of similar to Conrad Kurz's. Put it on the back of one of my models. It's really and I've got um, on my dreadnoughts. I will post some photos of which Chris will. Uh, Chris will post up on on the thing. Yep. Um, I, uh, some of my dreadnoughts have hanging skin, and I've got skin that look, looks like it's nailed onto the thing. And that's just green stuff with some flesh paint on it, and it, it's very effective. It's very effective. So yeah. Also, read the Night Lords trilogy by Aaron Devsky Barn. Absolutely, will change your life. And listen to Throne of Lies. Oh yes, in between that, yeah. yeah. And that cool little that cool little short where they steal the, they kill all those salamanders and steal their shit. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm actually gonna go out on a limb here, and I hope if it's crazy, Chris will have to edit it out, so I'll make a pause. If you're in Sweden and you want to start up a Nightlord army and you don't know where to start, ask someone to just send me a message on Facebook, and I'll send you some bits. I have a bunch of bits over. I'll set you up with something. It can be done. I, I, I want to offer. Yeah, as a, yeah, I'm not going to do the same thing because I, I don't like sharing stuff. No, <laughs> and if no, if you if you've got any ideas, just yeah, a message either Chris or, or message uh, Freddie and um and Chris number one. And, message um, podcast and we forward yeah. your message as well. Yeah, we'll be happy to happy to give any advice and any suggest any bits. Yeah. And if you go to England, I think Tom will set you up with like food and housing. Yeah, not not great food, great housing, but you know, and you can stay uh, as long as you like. Yeah, as long as, long as you like. <laughs> so you, I'm guessing you're coming over then, Chris, aren't you? <laughs> not that I'll connect it to his flesh basement. <laughs> you might not leave, but uh, you can stay as long as you like. Yeah, we call it the Hotel California. Hotel California. Right, I think on that note. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for a great gonna, night. I'm gonna say it. It's a good night from me. It's a good night yep. from us. Same here. Good. A good yeah. night from all of us. Yeah, and remember. This is Mushen, daughter of the Kalidus. I found Commander Kurz of the Night Lord's Legion. I.
And remember, kids, tune in next week. Same Lex time, same Lex channel.